Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey.
Hey. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Oh, good, good. The people on the call, can anybody on the call that's not on the phones hear? Because people that aren't on the call are having some technical issues in hearing the chat. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, maybe it's because nobody was talking. I don't know if they can hear us now. Oh, I hear all. Okay. No, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, I think I started the call 20 minutes ago and nobody answered me. I kind of forgot there was a call on. Oh, no. No, because 10 minutes ago I kept refreshing and I kept going into it, but it didn't come up that it was live. And then someone said, yes, it is live. And I said, well, maybe it just hasn't made its way across the oceans yet to, to Australia. But no, I had to reboot. Yeah. But I, I sat. Some, I was uh, watching uh, Wayne Glue last night, and he he was saying that uh, you know in Australia, and and it's exactly what Carl says. You know, with our wording, we have to be so precise uh, with our wording. And uh, Wayne Glue said in regards to. Australia, when you write things, you must if you um, if you must write down regarding common law and our constitution, it must be in regards to written down as um, Commonwealth Constitution 1901, and not the Commonwealth Constitution Act. Yeah, I don't know why you would rely on any constitution if it's not yours. No, no, to, to, um, as a point of law to put in your exhibits like a CF because uh, as, as Wayne, Wayne Glue said, they always want a point of law. It's got to be sealed with like points of law to state your case. So, you know, that's what you would add to your exhibits. Yeah, that, I don't know. 
I'm not sure why everybody's so concerned about what they want. Like I pretty okay. much do what I want. It's my it's my beliefs, my opinions, my law. Um, like I I don't know I I get it that a lot of people don't want to do it, but if they have jurisdiction over the codes and there's the whole constitution and all that other nonsense that other people wrote hundreds of years ago. I don't see why people don't just CF the Bible because they, even the courts themselves, they acknowledge the 1611 King James Bible as like they, they've, they, uh, they've adopted that to be the official authorized Bible of the court. So they can't deny it, and they can't interfere with a man's belief. And even in their codes, they have strict rules about the freedom of religion and all that. And mm-hmm. they didn't create the Bible, so they have no jurisdiction over it. They can't change it at will. So I think that's why they want to get the religion out of the schools and the court, because that's like a no-brainer. It's a sledgehammer. Well, that's that's the most important thing, you know. When when Wayne Glue was asked last night, well, I, well, I was watching it last night when he was asked what is the most, you know, most important book that we could read, and he said the King James Version of the Bible or the New Testament. He said that is the most important book you can read, and then um, and then and then. You know, and then you must know your law. So he said you can buy, you know, like a constitutional book to know your law, but the Constitution of Australia actually comes from the Bible. And it actually says in the preamble to understand the Australian Constitution, if there's any discrepancy in understanding it, please refer back to the Bible. That's awesome. Yeah, you could hammer them till no end with that. So, like you state, stated, you know, it's um, you could just, uh, you know, CF the Bible. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea what habeas corpus means, but it says right here that uh, in the Book of Acts, I have the right to face my accuser. You can say I have no idea what this means, but according to the Bible, that's my property. There's all kinds of stuff in the Bible to use against them. Yeah, it's even got so, about... Uh, because the Bible about... worldwide, it would apply um, in, in um, well, especially in all Commonwealth countries anyway. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know, even if it would be you know, how it would even apply in European countries. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Apparently, the province of Quebec in Canada is Napoleonic code, but one of the uh, bird guys got his property back using common law. How early you are in your pregnancy. A home pregnancy test can show a negative you 
there a lot of people on the call? Just letting everyone know in Australia that um, Mike has got his talk shoe on now.
No, there is a call, um, but I don't know what happened to Mike. Hey, Mike, are you there? Yeah, I, I was muted out. No. But Cheyenne's logged on to the call, so... Cool. Hey, Cheyenne, how is it? Uh, maybe she's uh, putting it in writing. Hi, everyone. I just got on the call. Hey, how's it uh, going? Good, Mike. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'll have to... Um, I Check will out post that video. Uh, do you have a link? I will. I will post this call that, that, you, that you were on, Mike, so we can carry on Akira. this call. Akira, is that the proper um, pronunciation of your name? I don't see you have the call recorded yet. Was that a question for me? No, I'm just saying I don't see you have the the call recorded yet. This call, it should be recording. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't say that on my side. That's weird. Actually, it's not saying anything. That's weird. I'll bounce out and, and join back in. All right. And then I'll post. It's not. Oh, shoot, you got love it. I'll try it one more time. See what happens. Oh, there we go. Okay, we got everybody. Sports family's on. Janine's on. North Georgia. Texas. Jets 11. Same June. Okay. Call is being recorded. Great. Today is July the 20th. 2015. Welcome all. We enjoy you all to, to be here. We're happy for you to be here, actually. Um, if anyone has a question, please post on the chat board or give it to Mike on the poll. Uh, Janine, Texas, and North Jersey is on the call. I would like to hear about Janine's uh, question about the dog bite, if you don't mind, Janine.
Hey, Cheyenne, you got sound now? Yes. You didn't. You didn't just hear me. You had a problem. Can you hear me now? Mike must um, have been taken away. You had a problem with a dog bite. I would like to. I got the hiccup. I would like to know more about that call, the, the the situation. And I would like to hear what Mike has to say about that. With my hiccups. Janine, are you there? Mike, are you there? Yeah, it's uh, kind of louder. I am, so I'm muted out. But I'm still listening. I just want to hear about Janine's. Um, Mike must be having taken away. Anyone else see this spaceship leaving? Question mark. Okay, I, I have no clue what that means, Janine. Really, nor do I have time. She got, uh, no, Mike is not muted. Correct, Mike? Yeah, I am muted. Okay. Um, I wanted to actually hear Janine's story about uh, a dog biting her, but apparently she doesn't want to speak about it. Uh, Anyone else? Do you have a a question on chat or on the board? Again, this is the call, Monday night call. Before Mike and I will get into it. (laughs) Uh, July the 20th, 2015, 9 o'clock. Yeah, everyone wants to know about Janine's question about the dog life. I also want to. Also, I would like to hear about Port Ron, how he's making out with his case. Because I know he's been wanting to talk. Ron, can you call in, please? Okay, we still have Janine, Texas, North North Georgia, Illinois. On the call. Not many is that well everyone's asking about Janine with the dog fight. It's not actually a dog fight, it was 
a dog that, I guess, bit her. Or bit her dog. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know the story. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really know all the details about that case, but I think it was her dog that got bit. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about the case as well. That's why I, I wish she would come on and say about it. Okay, she's saying I'm having trouble. I'll reboot. Okay. Get up chat and hands on up. All right. Anyone else have a question? Mikey, we're correct, even though you kicked my ass, and I thank you for that. Even though I bit you out for that as well. But you were 100% correct. I did the letterhead incorrectly. Um, so how do, how do I want to end that? Um, the paperwork that I end up sending in was incorrect that I sent in I kind of word that correctly um it was basically it was incorrect I was too much in a hurry And I mailed, it through, I mailed it through the mail incorrectly. That's, a, that's all I've got to say. What do you mean by the letterhead, like the the top of the page where it says the, the court and everything? Uh, well, what I mean by that is um, not so much of of, hold on, let me look. Not so much of, okay, it says common pleas, and then it says their name, then it says the bank name, then it says, then it says my name. That's where I messed up. I did not put co-defendant, co Plaintiff, co, whatever. So did did somebody tell you it was incorrectly and you got to do it again, or what did they say? That's where I end up getting. As far as um, that was um, what did they say um. They said, um, like, did you get a letter from a clerk or a judge telling you that your documents were deficient or something like that? I got from the court, it was, um, come on, Mike, help me out. It was, um, I'm trying. Shit. It was, um, Wait. Did somebody send you a letter? 
somebody from the courthouse sent you a letter? Yes. No, I no, I end up writing to the to the courthouse. What the hell was this? Oh Lord Jesus. It was Oh, what the heck was it said, Mike? I was um Plaintiff can't be seen. Um, it wasn't that. It was um, yeah. I'm not really sure what you mean. I'd be trying to help you, but yeah, I know, Mike, and I'm screwing up as well. Wait, um, you, you didn't get a letter or notice or anything? No, it was it was through the courthouse. It was basically, uh, oh, the appearance. Mike, what did I say about the appearance? The notice of the appearance? Is that it? It was something like that. Appearance can't be seen? No, that can't. That doesn't make sense. Oh, appearance. Like if something appears to be something, it looks like something. So you'd have to see it if it looks like something. Like, do you mean a notice of appearance? Or no, I didn't do a notice. No, it was uh, an en- an entry of appearance. No, it wasn't that either. Damn it! It was um. What what happened was I end up growing up on the letterhead. It was my fault. I will admit that 100%. I screwed up. It had to do with the appearance of. Oh, it seems like the appearance of. That's what they put. Seems like the appearance of. Appearance of what? Whatever I put in. Uh, Motion of stay was one. But uh, how do you know it was wrong? Uh, walk into the case. They have appearance of. It seems okay, like but, the appearance of. But you're making this impossible for me. Like, oh, no, I what they're telling me, Mike. Well, you're saying they, and I don't know who, like, do you mean a court? They are the court. Okay, well, that doesn't make sense. Oh, here we go. Were you talking to a clerk, yes or no? Yes. So, did you ask her what is the problem? How do you fix it? Yes. See, the thing is, if, if, if I was to file something... And the lady behind the counter says, I can't accept these documents. They're not done correctly. The first question out of my mouth would be, what is it that is done incorrectly so that I can fix it? It's the letterhead, Mike. It's where I fucked up. She's my yeah, French. I'm sorry. I screwed up. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, she I'm said trying, yes. I'm trying and to... she's the older lady that was... But, I'm. I'm I'm very glad she was very honest. And she said, yes, that is where you messed up. 
But see, you're not telling me anything. I'm completely in the dark. I keep asking well, you questions. Mike, and you're I'm not... not... Mike. What the hell is that noise? It's probably the bus that I'm on. Like, I'm just... I'm trying to ask you questions to find out what's going on, and the answers you're giving me aren't telling me anything. I'm, Mike, I'm, I'm trying to be very honest with you. Please. Please. Like, why Why aren't you recording any of this or writing these people letters? Like, if, if, if you wrote her a letter and she sent you a letter back, you would have it in writing. You could look at it, you could read it, and it, I, it would make sense to me. Or if you had the recording, you could go back and listen to the recording and write down exactly what she said. And then it would probably okay. make sense to me. But one, that, just, one, I don't have a recorder. Okay. Well, I would get one. I would have got one of those months ago. Well, then give me some money and I'll go and get one. Yeah, it's not my responsibility. Please donate to Mike so I can get so he can he can, instead of buying cookies, he can get me a recorder. <laughs> Just go to some used store or something and buy buy a used one for cheap. Like you can buy a, a probably a cheap used MP3 player for like ten, fifteen, twenty bucks. As long as it has a voice recorder on it, it'll work. Or go to Walmart. I don't endorse Walmart at all, but go to Walmart and buy a cheap cell phone. Something that's got a record on it. But especially in a case like yours, uh, some kind of recording device is a a must. Well, it's going to work, Mike. It's going to work. Trust me, it's going to work. However, I did ask people to come on to your call. Uh, it is... Well, in, in your case, you, in, your, in your case, you already have, well, their case, whatever, but you, um, you obviously have court documents that they've sent you, right? Like, isn't it just a matter of copying what they did onto your form? No, right now, right, right now, Mike, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna void their order. I got two cases to void. But I see Janine is on. But see, part of the beauty of being a man is you get to go in and correct things until the cows come home. So right, there's, there's a lot of back, back noise. Like, well, I can't talk and be muted at the same time. Okay. Um, um, like if it were, if I were you, what I would do is correct the document the best you can and bring it back into her, and hopefully it's the same lady there and. Ask her, is this document acceptable the way it is? And and if she says, no, it's not quite right, 
ask her if she can explain. All right, Janine, I really want to hear about your case. Just unmuted. Is that okay? Oh, you sound perfect. Okay. Yeah, I've got this new headset. I had to rush out and buy the other day. Um, Actually, that sounds better than what you had before in the past. Yeah, yeah, and it costs the same, but it's it's a it's a proper headset for um, an Xbox 360 game. So my my kids were over the moon when I brought this one home because they're thinking they can use it with their games. But anyway, um, um, yeah, um, my um, my information so far is I rang the council and they are going to send me the name of the um, man or woman who own down the road so um, once I get their name I will um, communicate with them in private by sending them a letter um, and also giving that information to the woman the two women at the um, at the police station who are serving as constable and a senior sergeant okay can we go back hold on hold on can we go back to what happened, a dog bit your dog or bit you? Two, 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 two pit bulls got into um, a dog of my, my property. It, yeah, it, it, um, two pit bulls trespassed my property. That's it. And, and causing, caused, yeah, they caused um, harm injury and, mm-hmm. and loss. Um, their their dogs didn't trespass. The dogs are oh. property. It was the the people's the people's property caused uh, harm, loss, or injury. It's the owner's responsibility. The owner's always liable, right? If um if your dog gets out of your backyard and bites the neighbor, they don't throw your dog in jail. They throw you in jail. Right. Yeah, yeah. I know your dog's leashed up. One moment, please. I've got a call coming in. I hate it when people gotta say it's gotta be done with pit bulls. I, I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I'm a pit bull lover. So, we lost her. Why? I really wanted to hear what happened. I thought my I thought she claimed that. 
the dogs ran on into her property and bit her dog and bit her. However, I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know the full story. I I thought it was just her dog. Yeah, I I don't know either. Yeah, either way, it's uh, it's the dog owner's fault. Well, if they didn't have the dog tied up. Yes, see, see, to me, I don't care if their dog is tied up. I don't care if it's on a leash or anything. As long as they're in control of their dog, everything's good. If their dog will attack another dog, then they should have it on a leash and be in control of their dog. It's the same thing. You're to be in control of your car at all times. If you run somebody over, it's your fault, not the car's fault. It's always the owner that's liable. Like, the the rock didn't break your window. It was me throwing the rock that broke your window. It's always the man or woman. It's always, you, you, can't, you can't throw a rock or a mailbox in jail. You throw the owner. Yeah. It's just like if you, um, if you park on a hill and you don't put your emergency brake on, your car rolls down the street and hits the neighbor's car, it's the owner that's liable. Sports family, Ron, could you please call in? I know you were having trouble with uh, traffic court. And I know you wanted answers or you had questions. Uh, could you please call in? Uh, I'm not sure about Texas, North Georgia, Illinois, Traveler 1, East Tennessee. I think it's basically all the same questions. I'd like to hear an update of what people are doing. So I really would like to hear uh, from Ron from Jersey. Yeah, I wonder if that's uh, Chattanooga Mike. <laughs> uh, Ron is going to New Jersey with the uh, traffic court. I'd like to hear how he's making out. So, Port Stanley, can you please call in and give us an update? That'd be awesome. Uh, Janine, I would still like to know what the heck you're going through. That This makes no sense. Sorry, what, what was that? Cheyenne wants answers. What would you like addressed? What happened yeah. with the dog? Well, um, she got ripped up. and She would have been killed. If, but the if, dog, um, I'm sorry, well, hold on, back up. There were two pit bulls that uh-huh. ripped your dog, correct? 
Well, my property. Call it what you no. like. I'll call it my that, property. That got, that got your dog, correct? Yes. Yes. And and the the only reason they, they actually let go is because my other dogs ran out, my, my bigger dog ran out onto the road and, and took it on and it released, they both released their hold um, and um, and then one just went back home and um, when I was returning home the the tan pit bull spun around and raced up to Co- Coda, my, my other dog, and bit of fur on the rump and um, and sort of I broke it up and she was and the tan dog was just about to attack again and of course I was standing there like a frantically screaming my head off woman, you know. <laughs> um, and um, I don't think the tan dog knew to what to make of that so it, the, the the dog went home. I went and approached the owners of the dog. The owner of the dog said, um, dogs fight Pomeranians every day. It's a bit of sport, get over it. And I said, well, your property has caused harm to my property and um, can you pay the bet bill? And um, and that's uh, after talking for a very, very short time, his daughter came up into the corner and said, Sister, if you don't leave right now, I'm going to punch your fucking head in. And I said, I am only here to tell you what happened Um to my property and if my dogs had caused injury to your dogs I would be responsible and pay the bill and to which she replied okay so you've told us now fuck off okay which I did I came home I um, grabbed grabbed the dog took it to the vet she had to have emergency surgery um, uh, there was two tubes inserted the, um, the tooth marks from one of the pit bulls had actually um, ripped right through the skin um, but had not pierced the stomach lining. So that was that was quite good. But, you know, it will, it's going to cost probably, you know, just over $400 or something like that, which I've got, I've got to take it down today to get the stitches out. Well, the good thing is <clears throat> you know where they live and you have a vet bill as perfect documentation. Um, yeah. like and, uh, something fast and simple like small claims court if they refuse to pay it. And witnesses as well. So. Yeah. So um, what I, um, Mike, I didn't know uh, the people's name, so I actually rang up the council and I said, could you give me the name of the people who own, who are at this address and they will send it through to me and I will, um, I will um, send them a, um, I'll write them a letter um, asking to settle in private and I would be, um, I would be um, happy if they would pay the bet bill, but I'll I'll have to word it in a in a proper in a proper manner, um, and um, you know if they could pay the bet bill um, for the harm and injury they caused.
Is the sound going again? Yeah, I was just talking. I didn't realize I was muted. Um, yeah, they um, they sound like pretty polite, happy people. So if you send them a polite, happy letter, there's a good chance they're either not going to respond or they're going to say something really, really stupid. So if you're the one that has had the harm, loss, or injury happen to you and they are the wrongdoers, but you're the one being polite, honorable, and respectful, and they're the one being goosebags, the judge will probably throw the book right at them. Yeah, I think um, I think the case should be pretty simple because um, you have um, the vet bill as documentation of the bill that they owe, and uh, I'm not sure if it would be necessary, but it might be an idea to fill out a police report. Um, but if if you have the vet bill as proof and you write some kind of letters and they ignore you or they threaten you or extort you, that's going to work against them. But if you have a verifiable bill and they refuse to pay it, it could be as fast and simple as going into small claims court. Yeah, if it's a simple matter of they owe a bill and they refuse to pay, it should be pretty easy. Their dog fit your dog. You had to get your dog fixed. You sent them the bill. They didn't pay it. Kind of, it kind of sounds pretty simple so far.
Was there any witnesses? Akira, you can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, but I'm muted out. It's kind of loud. Okay. So I'm loud. I'll turn it down. How's that? No, I mean, I'm. It's, it's noisy here, so I'm muted. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I did write a, a notice. Um, and I just went, I, a woman, you know, um, my name, aggrieved. And I claimed, and I also, um, I also uh, rang the police and got the actual name of the constable I was speaking to and um, the senior sergeant, her, her name, who also runs the station. And I put in a claim and a, re, and a notice and I, I just put a statement in saying, I claim this happened. And I gave them all the details and then I handed, handed it to um, Jacqueline, the uh, constable who was at the counter at the time and she said, I'll, I'll look at my legislation and see what I can do. So do you know the, the people's name, the wrongdoers? Um, no, I, I do not know their name. And that's why my next course of action was uh, yesterday, I uh, rang up the, um, the city council and they said that they are able to give me the name of the people who own that um, that house or who live there. And I will, I will um, after I receive that, I will write them a letter and take it and take it from there. Yeah, I think I would go back to that. Uh that cop lady, the senior sergeant or whoever she is, and I think I would tell her that she needs to go out there and talk to these people. You need an incident report. You need a number. You need documentation because if they don't settle in private, there is going to be a claim. Just say, I, yeah. I need this reported for court. I require you document this event. Yeah, I've, I've, I claim, you know, I wrote down everything. I claim this happened. I claim that happened. I wrote down everything. Um, and then I asked for um, them to actually go around and, can, and talk to people in the street, gathering information. That's, that's their job. That's their job as police officers. They, you know, that's their job to serve us. So I have um, re required that in a um, in my notice of them to do that, and also with the um, evidence 
that I will put in and with the evidence that I will, um, from the vet, put in um, my own private photos. It should be quite easy, I think. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't care what their legislation says and I don't care if they're running around enforcing codes or not, but when a man or a woman has some kind of harm, loss, or injury happen, they better do their freaking job. And I mean now. That's what they're there for. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I said I, a woman, aggrieved. Because uh, um, I have been to a few court cases and they they use the word aggrieved a lot. So, and it is a common law term. So that's that's what I did, you know, and trespass upon my property, uh, causing harm, injury, and loss. The harm and injury was the damage to the dog and the loss is the vet bill. So I don't know if I'm doing it correctly, but I'm doing I'm you know, doing the best I can. Oh, Akira, yeah, aggrieved is okay to use. Yeah, that's what Carl says. Yeah, aggrieved is. Uh, yeah, I've been learning this for what only about a year. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's very very new to me. Um, very very new really. Because before I got onto Carl, I knew nothing, no, nothing. I didn't even know what a plaintiff was. You know, and I only know it now from what Carl says, so that's the only definition I have of it, really. Yeah, I say if you knew nothing about law before you found Carl, I wouldn't study law hardly at all. I would just stick strictly to Carl and do yeah. a little bit of research on the side just so you understand what Carl's saying. But I would. I would steer clear of all the lawyer crap and all the all the BS gurus and everything. I would I would stick mostly to Carl. Don't uh, don't poison yourself with all the other crap. Yeah, yeah. No, there is a there is a man here. Um, his name is Wayne Glue, and he was an ex policeman for seventeen years, and he's done a lot of law um, and he doesn't seem to have any trouble getting paperwork in the court. Um, Mo said that he's not having any trouble getting paperwork in the court because he just puts it all and he lets the paperwork do the do the talking. It tells the story and he doesn't say anything. He just stands on his paperwork so I, I feel that's the best way to go and I'll, I'll do the same. Yeah, I think um, I I think most paperwork is similar to Bill Thornton's, but simpler, kind of like Carl's. So I think he's got a bit of a, a mix going on. I think um, I think Bill Thornton kind of rides the fence a little too much. He's very close to the statutory world, but I think Carl's method 
is just a complete shock to their system, and that's why it's hard to get Carl-style planes in, just because they see this stuff and they're like, holy crap, what is this? Yeah. And it, um, I, I think it just scares the crap out of them right from the beginning. Yeah. Um, my main concern is um, getting the paperwork accepted so it can actually get into court. Yeah. But I haven't actually tried it to say if it does or doesn't work. But um, Carol, who is in the Australian Common Law Group, she has she has done it. Now, whether she filled out the paperwork correctly or whether she hasn't, um, she said there's three issues that Australians have. One is they don't accept the paperwork. Two is um, using common law in, in the court has they have been thrown on the floor, handcuffed and put in jail. So I'm 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 working on that with with other common law um, websites that I've found in Australia, um, telling them, letting them know about Carl Lentz, um and you and 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 Gus, you know, mainly Carl, um, and um, asking them to have a look at that because we're all learning. Yeah, I think um, making a few mistakes here and there, it's not really a big deal. Like you're just dealing with cops and city hall and stuff like that now. By the time you're uh, by the time you're gonna file some kind of a claim, if it comes to that, you'll have everything worked out a lot better by then. I don't think you'll be making a whole lot of mistakes with your claim and and everything like that, but. Um, I can help you with any kind of letters that you're going to need to send before anything happens. It should be pretty simple. Um, like there's nothing really complicated about this case. There was an incident as long as, as long as, I don't know if you had a witness or not, but as long as there's actual evidence that the event took place, you're going to have a bill to back up the amount you're requiring them to compensate. So if it, if it's a matter of just there's an unpaid bill, they're going to lose. But definitely they're going to lose. Well, that's all it is. That's all I'm asking for. You know, I'm just yeah. saying, well, you your, your property caused damage to mine, therefore I'm asking you to, you know, be honourable and pay the debt. Well, that's another thing too, like basically you're saying, I don't even want to punish you. I just want to forgive you. Just compensate me for what I lost and I'll forget all of this even happened. I'm not out for blood. I'm not out for revenge. I'm not out for profit. I don't want to punish anybody. I just, I'm entitled to get my my money back that you cost me. Your actions or inactions cause me a financial loss. 
I'm willing to just forego the harm. As long as you just compensate me for my monetary loss, everything's fine. And the, how's the yeah. judge going to say that's not fair or reasonable? Yeah, that's that's all I'm asking for. And if I'm you show, a... and if you, if obviously you will, but when you put the vet bill as Exhibit A, nobody's going to question that. The only question will be, did it happen or didn't it? So as long as you say, here's a bill for X amount of dollars and X amount of cents, funny thing, the compensation I'm seeking is magically X amount of dollars and X amount of cents. All I'm asking for is what I paid and that's it. And there's nobody on the planet that's going to say that's ridiculous. You can't ask for that. So like, how are they, how are they going to, how are they going to argue with that and say that's not fair? Like, how are they going to say their dog ran over and attacked your dog, but you're half to blame? Like, what? Because I had a dog. Like, there's really no way they can argue with something like that. that that's right. Yeah, no, they were coming up with all the, you know, they were trying to argue with me down the road saying, we've seen your dogs out at 2 a.m. in the morning. And I it's thought... Irrelevant. Well, it, it's exact, totally exactly. Exactly. Here's another thing. I would love to see them in court tell a judge, oh, dogs bite dogs every day. Get over it. Really? There's no way they're going to pull that shit in court. Yeah, well, it's in, it's in my statement and, and notice to police. So it's all there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But then again, you know, maybe they might have second thoughts and just pay the bill. Yeah, they, uh, if they see a lawsuit coming their way, they certainly might. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's it. And um, um, Mike, I did put my letters in the Australian Common Law, I'm pretty sure, or, or the letter writing room. I did put them up somewhere in the Skype rooms. Um, but I, I have already um, put them in um, to the police. But uh, yeah, but I can always, I can always, um, uh, you know, um, rescind that and just re redo it and actually correct any any errors that I'm uh, that may be in there. Yeah, I think uh, I think that would be amend amend, amend. it. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, just. Here's something just so people get an, a better understanding. My belief is that um, to change something means to take it away and put something completely new in. To alter means, um, what is it? I can't remember now. There's, change, alter, and amend all mean three different things. Changes okay. to actually replace it with something completely different. Okay, so, something different. Okay. So if I give if I give you a dollar bill, you're going to give me change. You're not going to give me another dollar bill or change that or or correct that dollar bill. You're going to give me something completely different, four quarters or nickels and dimes or something. Oh so yes, I understand. So to, to change something is to completely like a new one altogether. 
Um, I think one of them is to add something and one of them is to correct. So one is to remove and replace, one is to correct, and one is to add something on. So change, alter, and amend all mean different things, so be careful you're using the right one. Okay, change, alter, and amend. Okay. Yeah, so, so if um, so if me and you uh, have Akira, a contract... If uh, me and Akira, you have a, sorry, uh, Akira says amend means to add to. Is that correct? Probably, yes. And yeah, um, maybe the word modify might be more correct? Um... I think modify would mean to correct, or, or I don't know, modify could mean add something to it. I'm not really sure. I don't know. I don't like. Uh, mm. I don't. I don't like going by what I think words mean because I found out how much I don't know when I think I know what a word means. Yeah. So I don't. Really, I don't really want to comment on the word modify because I haven't really looked it up. I'd just be going by what the common Joe says on the street, which is comp probably completely backwards. Yeah. Well, we're all uh, surprised by the word nice. So, you know, all these other yeah. words probably going to yeah. have some, some altogether different meaning. Yeah. I, uh, nice and smart are two of my favorite words now. <laughs> It's funny because I can be nice and smart at the same time. <laughs> okay, thank you, Mike. Yeah, if you're just talking to a cop and it's common parlance, whatever, you can just say, uh, I want to make some corrections or I think I may, I may have made a mistake. I just want to make it right. Okay. Make some corrections. Correction sounds common law. Yeah, it sounds pretty common. At least the uh, girl at Taco Bell drive-thru will know what I'm talking about. If I say uh, I got to correct that order, she'll know exactly yeah. what I mean. Or if I say I made a mistake, I want to I want to uh, reorder or whatever. But, um, like, say, say me and you entered into a contract together and the contract was working great for two, three years, and then all of a sudden you had a problem with your finances and you couldn't keep up with your end of the contract and you decided you wanted to take me to court and make the contract different. If I'm happy with the contract the way it is, and I think that you're being unfair and it's not my problem, I would probably put in some kind of notice saying uh, there is a valid, uh, or I don't know, there's, there is currently a contract before the court. Uh, at this time, I see no benefit to change, alter, or amend said contract. Therefore, said contract stands as written. And I would just not budge. This is the contract I'm sticking to it. This is none of the court's business. Like you guys see the contract, it's there. I'm not changing it. I'm not doing anything with it. I'm leaving the contract the way it is. Tough shit, whoever doesn't like it. 
But if you say, uh, I do not wish to change, alter, or amend the contract, that pretty much means leave it alone. If you're not changing it, you're not altering it and not amending it, I guess everybody's following the contract and that's that. Okay. So do you want, uh, do you wish for me to put those letters I wrote into the um, Carmen Law Group or send them to you personally or I, I just don't know? Well, it doesn't matter to me. Um, if If anybody for any reason doesn't want to share their personal private information i i don't push anybody if somebody doesn't want to talk about something i don't care um so it's kind of up to you if you want other people to see it or not but uh if you want to just send it to me i can i can change it up a bit send it back to you and change it up i can maybe i can maybe alter it and then send it back to you but it's up to you if you want other people to see it or not. Um, uh, it's pretty long. It's pretty long. I think it takes up a bit of space. Um, that's probably the only reason. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the way I see it is if you put it in the rooms, there's more people that will probably put some input in. But if it's private, then more people will see it. So. There's kind of advantages and disadvantages, I guess, to posting stuff, but okay. I don't know, it's just up to you how you want to do it. You can pick one room, you can put it in every room, you can send it just to me, or like I don't I, think I, like I, I don't, don't think I have your sorry, I don't think I have your personal um address or anything. I well, we're contacts on Skype. I'm positive. Yeah. We were, yeah. Remember, remember. Uh, I think we were chatting back and forth during the uh, Guyana lady era. Oh yeah, we were. T- yes, I do. I'm sorry. It had just been sort of put aside because it hadn't been used for a while. Yeah. But um, yeah. I don't. I don't really give a shit about anything. Like if if you send me a notice, and I uh, I switch it around a little bit here and there. I don't care if you post it in the room to get comments. I don't care if you send it to Gus or Carl. Like, I don't... If if I write a notice for you and you send it to Carl and Carl says it's shit and tells you what's wrong with it, I'll learn something from it. So I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't mind either, either way. But, um... Um... Okay, I'll just put up in the room then. Oh,
Mike, I'll just take all the um, the, the last names out and, um, you know, the personal addresses and everything out. Yep. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I don't. I don't need all that information or anything. I just, I just need the bare facts. That's pretty much it. If there's anything that significantly changes something, I might need a few details here and there. But just the plain basic facts is probably just fine. If okay. if there's anything I don't know, I can ask you specifically. But and just so everybody knows, I'm almost home, but my phone could die any minute. So. If I drop off, it might take me a little while to get back in. Okay. So, yeah, it, uh, obviously it really sucks for you and your dog, but the good news is it sounds pretty simple, like simple to deal with. Yeah, she's alive. She's alive. She's healing very, very quickly. That's good. Um, and if... If I hadn't have had the big the big dogs with me, yeah, if she, they I wouldn't have been able to get them off her. Not unless I would have, you know, raced and got a, grabbed a knife and a hammer and hit them in self-defence or something. That would have been the only way. But you know, I've got it standing by now. So if anything happens like that again, those you know, at least I've got a bit of self-defence there. Yeah, I don't. Uh... I don't like being mean to dogs, but if a dog's attacking my dog, I will kick it in the face as hard as I can, or I will kick it in the ribs as hard as I can. Either way, that yeah. dog's going to move. That yeah, dog will definitely move. No, they won't. They they won't. Honestly, I've seen I've seen um, Dad had dogs like that. They um, bull terriers. They lock their jaws. And yeah. They, uh, you know, um, once they lock their jaws, you you would have to actually break their jaws to get them off. I've I've actually seen them do it, um, uh, you know. So, yeah, that's why I've got the hammer and knife. Because <laughs> kicking them in the ribs, they just don't seem. They just keep hanging on. They're not they're not normal like a normal dog in letting go. Um, and the only reason they actually did let go the other day is because they were approached by other dogs which is the only reason they let go. Well, so you just made it a little simpler. Now, you know, kick it as hard as you can in the jaw. Yeah, yeah. Don't have, I don't any, steel cap, don't have any steel cap boots, but i got a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I don't know if um, Chattanooga Mike's on the call. I haven't talked to him for probably a few weeks now, but I think I remember looking up something for him, and I haven't seen him on the call lately. But if he's on the call, uh, oh, yeah, he doesn't have Skype. Yeah, I don't even remember what I looked up, but I found something and saved it. So if he can find a way to get a hold of me.
I don't know what my uh, email address is. I have two email addresses that are pretty close, but the one for my PayPal address or uh, account, that's my old email address. I don't even know how to find that one now. But uh, it's, I don't know, Mike, if you can find a way to get a hold of me. Did I drop off or did everybody else? No, I just put my letter up into your room. I just don't know how to put it up as a as a file. It's gone up there like as in two pages and just not as a file. I'm trying to yeah, I'm trying to save space and uh yeah, I just trying to work out how to do that properly. I'm not a computer nerd, so I don't. Some things like this escape me. Yeah, if you're sending it to me, if you can copy and paste it, if that's easier, do that. It makes no difference to me. Yeah, that's that's what I've done. Okay, I'll see what I can do. I can send it to you. I think I found out how to do it. How to send the second one. Um,
I don't know if you guys can hear me. My phone's dying. Yes, we can hear you. Yeah, it's going to die any second now. But I should be home. I don't know, probably 15 minutes I can call back in. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Cheyenne's on the call anyway. Is Cheyenne, you still on chat? Hi, y'all. I walked away. I, I end up eating some watermelon. Hmm? Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear okay. you. Okay. I end up eating some, I walked away and ate some watermelon. Uh, I'm not on the chat board. Uh, hold on. I could be... Uh, okay, anyone have any questions? Mike's gonna, what? Mike, are you gonna hang up? 
and called back in? Yeah, um, Cheyenne, his phone died. It will take him about 15 minutes, he said, before he can call back in again. Correct. Okay. So do we have any more? I'm looking at the um, chat board. Okay. Yeah, Learning Law is on the call. Texas is on the call. North Georgia is on the call. Okay, I see I see no one has any questions. Um, how about success stories? Can we have anyone that has success stories? That would be awesome to hear about success stories. Learning law, I know you gotta have some. Learning law, come on, Brian. Anyone else? You gotta have some success stories. I mean, we're not on all these calls to learn. And and is anyone putting anything out? Is anyone putting stuff out to the court? I mean, come on, folks. It's getting old. Seriously. Yeah. My I'm opinion not... only. Yeah. It's really getting old. I'm going to be doing... One, two, one, two, two, at well, least two, well, what about, if not well, three, board orders this week. Can any, anyone else stop that? Mo Akira said, is, Akira Mo said not is yet. winning. Still a newbie, Mo is winning on his board orders. And I love that man to no end. Who? Mo. Mo. Oh yes, he's um yeah he's having success in the English courts. Yes, brilliant. Yes, brilliant. Yes. So at um, least um, he's putting shit out. Can anyone yeah, else I'm, put it out? What I'm trying to find is um, I transcribed the call that he and Gus had on Blog Talk Radio. And, it's only um, one call. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have to go back and see if I can find it and uh, repost it up. Cause it's talk to you. One call. Oh, Lord Jesus. Yeah, do you know which talk shoe that was? It's on Gus's call. On Gus's call, yes. Yes. Yeah, but Gus took down all these talk shoes. Uh, he didn't put them back up? I don't know, but that would be a definite must, that one, because that was brilliant. I have it if you want to. Yes, please. Can you put it up in the room, in this room? I will just give it to you in private. 
Oh, okay. Thank you, Cheyenne. You're welcome. Cheyenne, how are you going with you, with all your stuff and everybody that you you're helping? Right now, I'm just trying to um, do a ward order. That's it. I got another friend that her health is going down major, which is BS. She's got to get her health back up. Uh, she ended up um, doing a couple of things and got turned down. Um, yeah, I mean, my God, this, this is sad what people are going through. It's very sad. That's because we yeah, that's because we've given our power away and um, let lawyers and solicitors and everything decide and governments and everything. We're, we've uh, given our power away and let them, you know, decide our future. And they've just sat back and went, yeah, beauty, we'll do that. We'll happily do that. Yeah, while they travel their, their yacht and... And, uh, yeah, well, it's like, well, how much do you want to be ripped off? How much do you exactly. want to be ripped off until you learn your learn your law and look after yourself, sort yep. of thing, and help your brother and yep. sister? Yep. So now it's happening. We've had enough. We're learning law, and we're helping our brother and sister. I had enough. Getting, I have had enough. And I'm tired of seeing my friend's health and even mine going down. I've yeah. had enough. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's pretty much what has to happen, isn't it? You know, people have enough and then they, only then do they usually start looking for, you know, there's got to be a better way. Um, we know the better way. Yeah. We know the better way. We know what to do. We know how to avoid the judgment. We know Debbie Dad, he tells you as well. He has done it. Yeah. We know what to do. Well, the little suckers are just stopping us. And I wish Debbie Dad was on here on this call. Yeah, um, I oh, I think it's about two or three in the morning over there, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, because like it's lunchtime here Tuesday afternoon, so you're you're Monday night over there, and I think England is sort of somewhere in between. <laughs> Actually, Mike's not on. Uh, Learn Law, Brian. Oh, okay. Step up. Okay, Akira, are, are you from England or that that part of the the world? Because two uh, two sixteen a.m. It sounds like you're over that way. Learn Law is uh, Brian from um, Canada, I believe. Oh, Eastern U.S. Oh, two sixteen. 
oh my gosh. It's got to be similar to England then because it would be, um, wow, professional astrologer. Texas, I don't know who you are. North Georgia, don't know who you are. New York, don't know who you are. Sydney, don't know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) That could be a good thing. (laughs) I don't even know who Cheyenne is. Exactly. Well, just have to travel over there and sit down and have a cup of coffee together. Oh, I, I, I don't drink. I know. I'll pay some coffee. Okay. Le- hot lemon juice? I'll drink. Okay. I will drink that in the morning, hot lemon juice. Oh, my God. If that doesn't clean you out. But however, girl, you and I are are on the phone call and I want others to join in. Please give your success stories. That would be great. Please chime in. Yeah. Please. Yeah, success stories um, inspire all of us to keep going. Please. This is Mike's call. Even though, even though the ladies took over, oh. but anyhow, this is Mike Mike's call. Mike's call. Please, the people that are on the phone, if you have a question to ask, I'm sure Mike's going to be soon on the call. I'm sure he's listening. I'm sure he's going to kick my ass. That's a given. But yeah, let's let's just keep this on top, on topic for Mike's call. Michael? Yeah, yeah. It'll probably take a few more minutes before he can come back on. And he said that he's not even he online. Yeah, he said it's going to take about fifteen minutes before he get can get back on. It's been about five odd minutes now. He was on that. He was on that shit last week. Shoot. Okay. Does anyone have a question? I want to keep this call going. It's uh, 10.18 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, July the 20th, 2015. Does anyone have a question? Yeah. Texas. North Georgia, East Tennessee, New York, 
Anyone? Do you have a question? Janine would be happy to help you out. <laughs> yes, I will. And my answer will be just keep refer just keep listening to Carl's calls and Carl's talk shoes and Angela's talk shoes that have got Carl on them and Mike. <laughs> so that would be my answer to every single one of them. Oh, Mike's on. Yes, sure. great. Sure. Hey. Okay, Janine, you want to take over the call? Yeah, hey, I'm back. No, Mike's back. Okay, I can grab a coffee then. Mike's back. Oh, you can have your coffee. I'm glad Welcome you're back. Welcome back, Mike. I'm glad you're Mike. Ha- Does anyone have a question for Mike? On chat board? Or on the call? Hello. We got Lerman Law, we got Texas, North Jersey. East Tennessee, New York, and Traveler 1. If not, then I'm going to ask Mike some questions so he can kick my ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> he loves kicking my ass. We have just this certain relationship between him and I. That's funny. Wow, this is funny. I uh, I just went to my computer to go on the chat board. And the chat board from last week is frozen. I haven't looked at my computer in exactly a week. Right, and? It just shows you how much I actually need a computer. Uh, uh, well, I agree. I 100% agree with you on, on that one. Yeah, well, I cheat, though. My phone is a computer. Uh, I don't. I don't use the phone on the computer. With the computer, actually, my phone is actually acting up. It is doing a um, um, military uh, time. Oh, it's doing all kinds of stuff. No, I, I never use the, my phone as a computer. I teach you some. However, we're on live call. And we are on at 10.22 p.m. 7.20 15. Who would like to have a call, quick call, with Mike? Please come forth. And when Mike does talk, do not interrupt him. And I know you all laughed at me because I did. Ha ha. 
Yeah, I knew you would laugh at that one, Lake. <laughs> okay. Again, we got Brian. Learning law. We got Texas. I have no clue who that is. North Jersey. No clue. Uh, East Tennessee, New York, and Traveler One. And then we got Janine. And East Tennessee. Any... Pardon? Can you hear me clear? Uh, I can hear you. Yeah, you're breaking up. <laughs> How about now? Better. Now? Okay, no. I'll throw something at you since y'all are hunting. Why well, think about can one after the cable company? Can you for speak up a little bit? Okay, hold on. How's that? Oh, my God, much better. Thank you. All right. I just think of it like my phone, like a microwave against my ear. I was trying to stay on speaker. Uh, What do you think about going after a cable company? I just want repair. Uh, They drill holes through the walls sometimes. It's property I own, but I rent out. And tenants will sign things, and that's what the cable company says. Gives them the right to drill holes in my, you know, my siding. And uh, this last one was a basement, and it was unfinished, but concrete floor and and what have you. But anyway, no problem to run the cable from underneath. But it's just, it's happened to me three, four, five times through the years, different uh, places. And I just looked at it this time and ran across another one. I go, hey, I, don't, I feel like seeing what I can do about it. Is it even messing with? Well, they're fully aware that they don't own the property, so they common sense should tell them that they can't destroy somebody else's property. Um, I don't know if the average employee there will understand it, but their legal department certainly will understand destruction of private property. Uh, that's what I, you know, pretty much think too, but they sure, um, step on it. You know, at first they seem concerned talking about going after a subcontractor. It is a subcontractor supposedly for the cable company and it kind of headed that way. And then they, they come up with some girl's name that signed for the contract, you know, and, uh, and they say, I need to go after her. But I, I feel like. I've got something there if uh, and something easy to learn on more towards this common law, you know, and it's not a big, supposedly not a big risk, I guess, of me losing. I guess the worst would be I'd have to pay for some of their lawyers and uh, yeah. court costs. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't really put much thought into a situation like this, but my guess would be your contract is with the cable company. I do so, have a contract. Well, if you were getting, 
if you are getting cable and paying money for that cable, that's a contract. Okay, Mike. I, I might have not been clear at first, but it's a rental property, and tenants who live there sign these contracts and get these things. I don't even know what happened to the old cable. You know, cable's been ran to every room. But anyway, then uh, uh, it's tenants, not not where I live, and it's not cable okay. I subscribe for. Okay, even then, I would say the tenants had a contract with the cable company, True. but the cable company's contract with the subcontractor is their problem. So if the subcontractor damaged property, I would say that the cable company is liable because they're the ones that hired these smart guys. That's what I would think, you know. Because if... If you asked me to paint your car for you and you were going to pay me to paint your car, if if I had experience with a car like yours before and I know that when I try and take the back lights off, they're going to break, I would tell you before I do it, knowing that it's going to cause damage to your car, just so you're aware and you can make the decision. Because it's right. your property, not mine. I wouldn't be destroying your car because it makes my life easier or I'm too lazy to phone and ask. Right. <clears throat> and uh, yeah. another thing about that, too, uh, you know, somebody signs that live there and they, it slows down business for them, too. If they push a button, public record, who owns the property, and just check with them, you know? Find some kind of paperwork I signed it says for them to go ahead. Yeah, it um it it just makes sense to me that they would have some kind of a duty and an obligation to try not to destroy another man's property. They would have some kind of duty and care involved in their job. Um a lot of the times I don't know your specific situation but i've noticed a lot of times they could have maybe drilled the hole in a different place and nobody would have even known it's there or they just did a butcher job of this hole and it just looks hideous but <laughs> sometimes they could have done a, a a much better job than they actually did sometimes i'm guessing they just aren't thinking or sometimes they just don't care. They get paid by the job, same amount of money. No matter if it takes them one hour, it takes them four, and they try to knock it out in 45 minutes. They did do a neat job outside, but it's just crazy. There must be 300 screws in the wall. and It's right on the outside of the house, Mike, just uh, going around the house. Two cable lines going into the living room, one in each bedroom. There's three of them, and it's just wrapped around the house. And... Uh, I don't know. Another idea, if you think they did a really bad job of doing something, you well, They did a neat job in that. They just did it the wrong way. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it really fits your situation or not, but in a in a case similar to that, it might be a good idea to get another trained professional to come in and look at it and to actually tell you, yeah, this is way below the usual standard 
I don't know any cable installer that would hack this bad. Or they might give you an estimate to reroute it or to mount it properly or to install whatever the case may be. If they say that it's going to cost this much to redo the job properly, now you have an estimate and that's evidence that they've done something wrong to your house. Right. Right. You could also you could also maybe fix it yourself and charge them what a normal cable guy would charge them for your time or you could pay another cable guy to come in and do it properly and send these other guys the bill. There's little little things you can do. Every situation's different, but I, I would like say come and do it all. Not but see, that's even like how they do. As far as I know, that's how they do like malpractice suits. If you think a doctor did a butcher job, you're expected to get another another doctor to say, "Yeah, this other guy fell way below the standard. No doctor does it this way." which in a case like doctors, it's almost impossible. But cable guys, I don't know if they would really care. It's just another guy doing another trade. So I don't know if they'd be that worried. But I think just about any cable guy would be happy to go in and fix what another cable guy did wrong. It's all money to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, even if... Like, even if it's not a big deal and you're not planning on doing any kind of lawsuit, it would still be great to write a couple of letters and see if you can get a couple of responses and just practice communicating with your fellow man in private where you would normally call in as a as a customer with a complaint. Now, all of a sudden, you're, you're asking a few questions man-to-man, get some answers. The, the probably... Like riding a bike, the best way to learn how to write letters is just to write letters. Start doing it. Learn it. Yeah. The more you write letters, the easier it becomes. Just targeting, targeting who to write them to, you know. Some calls yeah. come from Texas, and then some, well, I don't know, the, all where they were, and here I am in East Tennessee. So I was just thinking, let's start out uh, just sued the company. Uh, I, I need a name, uh, but I don't know who that would be, except for the name I yeah. got out of Texas. And I, hey, and I, I, did, I did get it inspected by one of their guys after I filed the claim against them, damage claim. Th- their paperwork called in their the cable company's phone number and filed a damage claim on their form. And a guy come out and he took pictures and he agreed, but I have none of this, you know, uh, in writing and. He said, I wouldn't want it on my house. Looks like that's me, you know, and I thought, all right. So, you know, that helps me. But yeah. ever rounding him up to get him to uh, show up without knowing everything about him, bring you know, or his name. But go ahead, just, Mike. Just for fun, you could, um, yeah, I don't know, uh, maybe jump on the website, on the cable company's website, find some information and just look for something interesting and just have fun with this. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, say, say you found out on the website who they're insured by 
and then just write to a man or woman at the insurance company and say, yeah, I haven't spoken to anyone at the cable company yet, but uh, the guy came in and I think he did a bad job and he damaged my house and I think he should pay for it. Um, do you guys cover stuff like that or would I have to go at it a different way, maybe a lawsuit or something like that, and just ask them? And Mike, I'm sorry, are you talking about my insurance company or the cable no, there, insurance? The cable company. Say say yeah, like I don't know. I'm I'm guessing they wouldn't have their insurance company put right on their website. I'm just using that as an example, but if you were to look on their website and for some reason they posted their insurance company's uh name, then write it I think it'd be funny just for an experiment to write to their somebody in their insurance company. And just say, yeah, a guy at this company butchered my house, and uh, I require him to pay for it. I was just wondering if the insurance would pay for it, or if it comes out of that guy's pocket, or is his boss liable for it? The owner who who is responsible for for compensating me for the damage to my property, and just ask them. Like maybe they would just ask you a few questions, send you a check. You never know. But I think in this case, the goal necessarily wouldn't be to sue these guys. I think it would be more the goal is to get practice in getting these guys to actually be honorable and settle out of court and fix what they did. If you can get if you can get somebody to actually say, yeah, you're right, we shouldn't have done this. We caused you some damage to your house, we'll pay for it. I think that'd be great just to have somebody pay for it. Right. And, and even icing on the cake, I didn't have to lift a finger to get the, in other words, do the siding myself and, and do the cable again, you know, by myself. Just don't have to, bam, they took care of it, you know? And then my yeah. letter writing. So, all right. Yeah, the key is Anything always- else you want to? I was just going to say the key is always to be polite, respectful, and honorable. And always keep your letters very short, clear, and to the point. And if I think it's a good idea if you have the time to look up every word that you write. For one reason, that will... um, that will make you keep it short. If you're looking up every single word you're putting in your letter, you're not going to write a, uh, a 50 page letter. And so that's going to help you to keep it short and you're going to fully understand what you're, what you're putting in your letter and you're going to have more of a knowledge of definitions of words and where words come from. So I think it's a good practice for people to look up every word they put in their letters and notices. Right. <clears throat> right. Hey, uh, I agree with that. before we, uh, well, one more question and it, it, it'll be a quick one. All right. When, when you flip the court, that's only, well, I'm not sure. Is that only in their court or are they trying to flip the court in my court? It could be either or, um, Heck, no. Seems like they wouldn't have I no... Would, I would say jurisdiction changes in a courtroom more often than people realize. Um, if you're going 
to a statutory court, but you've already put your notices in that you're that you'll be at court as a man only there to answer a, a verifiable claim. When you're going in there, you're not under their jurisdiction. You've laid the ground rules down. I'm coming in as a man to settle a claim. Okay, in that so, instance, in that situation, they cannot leave the court. Oh, they totally can. That's all they're there to do. They live, breathe, and sleep to steal jurisdiction away. So that's what I mean. Um, you're going in there as a man just to answer to a man that you've allegedly caused some harm, loss, or injury to. So you're going in there not under their jurisdiction. You're going in there. It's a court of record, your own common law jurisdiction, whatever you want to call it. And then they might, like the judge might be talking to the prosecutor and then he might say, well, hold on, I'm going to ask the defendant what he thinks about this. And then he's going to ask you a question. If you answer, you just answered as the defendant. So jurisdiction just changed that fast. You may or may not realize it. And then you could say something like, I don't know what you're talking about. Read my notice. I'm a man. I don't understand your legalese. Yeah, but how does their legalese get into my court? Well, that's the thing. It's not your court. Uh, They have a statutory court running, and you're showing up at their court. Oh, yeah. That's what I call their court. No, that's when I'm in their court. And then when I file a claim, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're slipping. Okay. You're not you're not ever going in their court. You are showing up at their court. But it's not your court, it's their court. You're not in it, you're just at it. So you're in your jurisdiction, they're in their jurisdiction. And you're just there to make sure you didn't cause any harm, loss or injury. But if you did, you're there to compensate that man and make him whole. So you will never be in the wrong. You may have caused harm. It was a mistake. But as long as you compensate, you've done no wrong. So you're not in their court. You're at their court. They're in it. They're part of that court. You're not part of it. You're just there to see what's going on, to correct the mistake, to make sure everybody's good. So you're not in it. That's very important. You're not in their court, but it's not your court either. So I guess technically you would never really be flipping the court, but you would be in a separate jurisdiction. The two cannot mix. So your your court is never technically in their court, and their court is never technically in your court. They're two different jurisdictions, two different sides of the fence. And if you're playing both sides of the fence, a little their jurisdiction, a little yours, they're immediately just going to pull you into theirs because you're confused. You don't know what what you're doing. So they're going to help you and do it their way because that's how they know it. Right. So if, if, on the other hand, if you file your own claim then it's your court, your jurisdiction, and you're never bringing their jurisdiction into your court, 
you're grabbing a man by the scruff of the neck and saying, get into my court and answer for what you've done to me. So there's no real flipping jurisdiction there, I guess, unless you consent to it somehow, or if for some reason you decided to use statutes and code, then technically it wouldn't really be a court of record. It'd be kind of a confused, jumbled mess at that point. Right. But the two the two jurisdictions they they should never mix. I don't think they ever possibly can. And if it does somehow mix, it's going to be bad for you. Well, that lines up with what I thought I was trying to explain earlier. You know, how that get into my court? You know. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, what, and can they flip it in my court? And then to hear you say it, uh, I have to give that to them. You know. So so anyway, that that makes me feel so much better. It's hard for them to flip it in my court, you know. And no tricks, no legalese going on, and just let's get her yeah. done, you know. Yeah, think of it. I like the idea of thinking of the legal society as the Boy Scouts. It just seems to work perfectly for everything. But let's say the Boy Scouts are having a uh, their weekly meeting in their Boy Scout hall and somebody invites you to the Boy Scout hall for some reason but you don't understand all these secret words and phrases because you don't you're not a Boy Scout and you don't have the Boy Scout manual so you don't understand the Boy Scout code but you think there may be a problem and this paper that showed up in your mailbox has a date a time and a location so it may be written in Chinese, it may be legal, legalese, it may be written in Boy Scoutese, but either way, the time, the date, and the location is clear. So you're just there to find out what's going on. So you're not a Boy Scout, you're not in the Boy Scouts, you're at the Boy Scout meeting, but not part of it. The actual building that you're in is just a venue. It could be a dance hall, it could be a courthouse, could be a Boy Scout hall. It's just a place where the meeting is held. And if you want to get technical, you're not actually in the building either. You're not part of the walls. You're not a floorboard. You're not actually part of that building. You're not actually in it if you want to be technical. And that's actually kind of important because if you slip up and you say, I'm in court today, in a statutory court, you just gave jurisdiction. So in yeah. is a very important word. It's deceiving because it's only two letters. But in and at are a huge difference. And to make that a little more clear, <clears throat> if it's the middle of winter, you might be at the lake. That's not a big deal. But if you're in the lake in the middle of winter, you got a serious problem. You better get to the hospital because you're going to get hypothermia and die. Ah, uh, yeah. So in and at is very, very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you say it like that, and I'm sitting here staring at a lake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like really? probably fine now, but six months yeah. from now, don't go in the lake. Yeah, yeah. I hit home there, Mike, in and at. Yeah, it's huge. It's deceiving because they're both very short words, but 
They're actually big words, especially when you're talking jurisdiction or in the frozen lake. Well, I've heard, uh, you know, don't say in, say at, say at, and, uh, but I've never heard an explanation for sure, you know. I'm sure I've heard it, and I must have been, you know, dating off somewhere else. But anyway, uh, it's been mentioned before, but I, I hit home. Did. Yeah, I I think it's uh, it's helpful to try and give people different examples, different illustrations, because some people see things different ways, so. Right, right. <coughs> okay. Well, hey, I, I appreciate all of y'all, and I, I try to listen as much as I can. I, I got the curse of being a slow learner, <laughs> you know, or it's got to feel right for act on it, you know? And, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's a matter of, um, in the beginning, just drill this stuff into your head. Listen to Carl every waking minute, and just drill this stuff into your head like crazy. And then you'll you'll start connecting the dots a little bit, and then eventually you'll start changing the way you think. So then you won't have to go and try and remember the answers or look up the answers. The answers will just start coming like common sense. Like people will start asking a question, you'll be like, duh, because it's common sense to you now. Yeah, but I'm, I'm true. Yeah, yeah, my mind's been changing. To, um, yeah, it just takes a while to uh, to get the old way of thinking out of your head and just make everything just short, simple, straight to the point. Like no smoke and mirrors, no misdirection, no adding stuff. Just what are we dealing with? Plain and simple. I just need the bare facts. Right and. In that same way, right through court, make it a breeze and knock it out, and then they just quit. Hopefully, they'll just quit and leave you alone. You know. Yeah, well, that's that's the beauty of of requiring the man or woman with the verifiable claim to come forth, because that just cuts out all the bullshit immediately. Like if the judge is trying to ask you, "How do you plea?" Like that's completely irrelevant. Like there, I'm not here to plea. I'm here. If 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 a man or woman is has been harmed, I will compensate them right now. There is no arraignment. There is no hearings. There's no trial. There's no discovery. There's none of that is relevant now. If there is a problem, I will fix it right here, right now, this very second. So nothing out of anybody's mouth. it's all gibberish to me. I don't give a shit what anybody's saying. If there's no man or woman, I'm out of here. And then what? If a judge ignores that, and then you get handcuffs put on you. Well, what, remember what I uh, last week on Angela's show? Uh, that, that guy, I don't know who he was. Uh, and he, he, Him and Carl were talking. And he was telling Carl, but Carl, I've done it this way before, you know, Carl's way. And he says, sometimes the judge just completely ignores all that. And you lose. And and did you catch that? Did you hear that too, or did I misunderstand it? Yeah, I don't know. I, I hear people like that all day, every day. 
And it's kind of funny because I'll tell people what I would do if I was in their situation. And they say it almost word for word the same every time. Oh, I tried that before. It didn't work. So right away, right away, though, I ask them, how did you do it? What did you do? And nine times out of ten, they did such a bad job. Obviously, they didn't. It didn't work for them. So when people say I tried that and it didn't work, I call bullshit every time because I guarantee you they did a lot of things wrong. Right. Like I hear people all the time saying letters and notices don't work. I see proof every day. Like, I don't know why these people aren't... Sometimes they're saying they don't get responses. Sometimes they're saying the court doesn't acknowledge it or they ignore it. Some, like, I've heard all kinds of stuff. And I would say, well, guaranteed, most of the time, they didn't follow up. They wrote two or three letters and quit. Or they wrote two or three notices, they didn't get any response and they didn't follow up. And that's all the judges and prosecutors are waiting for is for you to suck your thumb and go pout because it didn't work. And as soon as you walked away, you lost. They All they had to do was hold out and test you a couple more weeks until you, until you get discouraged and quit. Go hire a lawyer, take a plea deal, whatever it is. They know you'll cave. All they got to do is maintain their poker face. Pretend that those notices mean nothing. People fall for it like crazy. So don't even prepare for something going bad. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So don't even mess with that. Okay, man. I appreciate you so much. All y'all. Just yeah, no problem. start missing names. I'll leave people out. <laughs> you know? What'd you say? I said thanks for calling in. Uh, sure. All right, I want to mute out then. Thank you. Yeah, that probably helps somebody, I guess. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. And Mike, I didn't catch his name. Uh, he was the guy from Tennessee. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Um, I haven't. I ended up sitting back. I didn't catch the board. Looks like nobody is uh, asking any questions. Okay, guest 24. Could you not require fair and just conversation to show up to their court? Question mark. Yep. If, um, if you send me an invitation to your birthday party but you live really far away and I have no money, I could send you a letter saying, uh, uh, thank thank you for your lovely offer. 
I would love to attend your party. Unfortunately, I can't afford the plane fare. Uh, if you wish that I attend, uh, send me this much money and I'll buy my ticket immediately. You pay for me to get there. I'll, you could put in your letter. Um, if you wish that I attend, I require X amount of dollars for uh, traveling expenses. And you could put uh, how many miles it is at how, many, how much per liter or per, per gallon of gas it's going to cost you. You can charge them parking and you can charge them 10 bucks for lunch. And just say, you send me this money, cash, check, or money order, and I'll be there. Okay. Or you could conditionally accept something like, I absolutely will attend your event on the condition that the plaintiff appears. The man or woman will be there to uh, swear under oath or affirmation that I've caused them some kind of harm, loss, or injury. So I can compensate them in private. They'll love that one. Okay. And that's that's low down this whole page right now. Trickly yes. Trickly Boo presented Bill. Uh one said yes. One uh Tricky Boo said a notice presented notice is my guest final answer. Uh I guess you would also present to the individual or the summons, uh, the person there. Uh, there must be a reasonable amount, depends on the situation. Uh, well done, Mike. Always does. Um, I have a debt collection on my behind, uh, but I was wondering if it would be okay to send Michelle, the woman, a letter asking her to provide me with information on how much she paid on the debt. Um, then we're going back to Boeing Snap. I have many persons that, but when I choose to be in person, is only my request, being request. Oh, see, I'm screwing up on chat. Um, yeah, you're blasting right past everything. Um, I know I am. <laughs> okay, going I back to the um, I see you're on chat, so go ahead. Going back to the um, conditional acceptance, I think that's one of the greatest things ever because there is no limit to the conditions you can put on people. If they're if they require you to, or if they're ordering you to do something, or if they're offering something to you there is no end to how creative you can be with your conditions. Um, you could you could think of probably a million different conditions that you would appear in their court or attend or show up at their court. Um, it could be anything from trying to get them to give you money or trying to get them to um, dismiss their own case, or whatever your whatever your goal is, 
Um, I don't really see the point in it unless it's just for a laugh. But you could require them do ridiculous things if you want and just make them go, this guy's screwed. I'm not even going to talk to this guy anymore. But you can play around with conditional acceptances on things like crazy. Um, yeah, debt collectors. Um, that is probably the easiest thing to deal with ever. Um, there's so many different ways of dealing with debt. Um, first thing is if you actually borrowed money or some kind, if you actually realize that you do owe the debt, just pay the debt. And if you don't have the money to pay it all up front, make payments or payment arrangements and send a payment. Hopefully they, they accept it. Um, you, if you don't, if you can't make the, the payment amount, you can offer them a lower, more affordable monthly payment and send them a check. They'll probably cash it, which means they accept it. Um, you can always ask them who they are, especially if they're like a, a third-party debt collector. I would always, I would always bust their balls on where's the contract that you believe I have with you. Um, you can get them to verify the debt, which they can't do. You could uh, require them to show you the show you the written evidence on how much they actually paid for the debt, and then pay them what they paid for it. And it's just going to make them feel stupid. They bought a debt for two thousand dollars and they got two thousand and they they got two thousand dollars back meanwhile they're trying to get twelve thousand or something so that looks oh, good on them that they, it looks good on them that they bought a bunk debt that they can't really actually collect on anyways but at least you're honorable and gave them the money that because you're still they paid a fraction of the debt so you're still getting off the hook from your original debt to pennies on the dollar. So I think it's only polite, even though they did it to themselves, at least give them what they paid for the debt. Yeah. Um, another thing I think is very important for pretty much all debt, um, in a lot of cases, I would say most cases, it's a good idea to actually just pay the debt or arrange payments of the debt and stay in honor and then get them to verify the debt or produce the contract that creates the obligation or whatever. But if it's, if it's just flat out obvious fraud and someone's just trying to rip you off, I don't know if I would be paying that debt and getting them to verify it. But if you actually owe it or you think you might owe it or if you think they're going to come and take your house out from underneath you, it might be a good idea to make some good faith payments and just stay in honor and then try and, and then challenge the debt because like normally it's always a third party debt collector who wants the debt 
pennies on the dollar. Come on. Yeah, anyways, um if you're if you're an alleged debtor and you're not paying, you're in dishonor. So being a debtor is not necessarily bad as long as you're sticking to your word and you're making your payment. But if you're a debtor and in dishonor, you're probably going to lose. And anybody dealing with mortgage and foreclosure problems, I always recommend that they make payments, All right. even if they're small payments, because at least you're All doing right. the best you can. You're staying right. in honor and you're politely right. challenging them because right. they still are required both by law, by common sense, and by statute to verify the debt or validate the debt or whatever kind of statutory word they're using. Right. Um, you can... I will never do it. I don't have a puke bucket big enough, but you could look through the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act and stuff like that and just to see what they what their codes say that the debt collector is required to do and then you can just get an idea of what they're required to do by the code and then you can put that in common sense common man terms so you wouldn't be any there wouldn't be any UCC codes or any Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, uh, none of that language. It would just be the girl working at Taco Bell would talk like this, just common everyday man words. But they actually have a lot of rules they have to follow, so they're they're at a huge disadvantage. Okay, anyone on the call? Uh, we got. Tall tail, Mike. Or tell tall. I always screw up his name. Tell tall. Uh, I think he's got a um, child issue. I don't know. Same thing with him. Oh, there's another option too. Maybe a lot of people haven't thought of, but um, if say it's like a mortgage or something, and your intense battle back and forth and it doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere you could make a payment into an escrow account or make monthly payments into an escrow account that way you're not giving the other side the money but you're showing good faith that you actually have the money and you're putting it there dangling it in front of their face saying come on take it it's yours all you need to do is show me the note or whatever you're whatever you're fighting them with but you can always have that carrot hanging from a string here's all the money you just got to do what you got to do to get it and like i end up doing a um credit report on my um credit report do you want to call that same thing you you check your credit report I'm I'm sorry, what? You mean you, you checked your credit report? Yes. 
Yeah. And I end up getting two credit credit reports. One my credit report. If that makes any sense. Well, like um, two people said you stiffed them. No, same bank. This is this really is a joke. Same bank, Wells Fargo. Um, they are end up. Are you I'm defaulted sorry. on? Did you default on two mortgages or one or? Just one, Mike. Did you? Um, Just one, Mike. One is Mike. there any kind of a judgment where you you were ordered to pay them costs or some other debt? Just one, Mike. That's it. One. Yeah, it's it's strange that they've put two marks on your credit report. I'm not sure what the other one would be for. Uh, but they're known to do that. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I I'm not familiar with that trick. I don't know what they're doing or why. Or they're known they to do that. Um, um, I was shocked that they do that. Well. There, I think one option would probably be to write to a man or woman at the credit bureau and ask them to verify the debt or Correct. to provide you with the evidence that Correct. the bank, the evidence that the bank provided with them to verify or validate or whatever. Correct. Because if if the debt is not verified, they shouldn't be putting that black mark against your credit report. So technically, if they didn't check, the credit bureau is at fault for putting a, for besmirching your person's name or exactly. whatever. Yeah, so one way would maybe be to write to somebody at the credit bureau and ask them what's going on. Um, I did that one time, and that was over a year ago, and they end up, um, they gave me a report back, and it was basically a joke, and they wouldn't touch it. But you didn't follow up, did you? No, I did not, Mike. There you go. I know, Mike. It's one of the big things. I know, Mike. I know, Mike. I know. It's one of the big things that almost everybody does is they fail to follow up. Correct. I didn't. I did not. Anyhow, we have another call, a caller that wants to come on. Can you take the other call, Mike? Please? Oh, we've got your hand. Uh, El Trail. Tall Tail. Who? Tall Tail. Yes. There he is. <clears throat> Hello, Mike. Thank you. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Hi, Cheyenne. Mike, you've been uh, walking me through... Uh, my dealings with a traffic ticket for the last couple of months, you know, it's just basically it's an investment in education for me, whether I win or not. 
I'm learning a lot. And uh, a moment ago, you were talking to a guy from Tennessee about the word in and at court. Yep. And I think I might have shot. <clears throat> I've been writing letters to both the man who acts as a police officer and the man who acts as a prosecutor. And I think those things went. I think I did a right job on them. But I think I made a, a mistake on my notices. I have about five notices I sent in. And I just basically copied off of uh, Carl's document page. But he was doing a claim. So for the title, I go in First District Court, Suffolk County, New York. That's the title. So I use that word in for a, uh, although they consider me a defendant. Did I shoot myself in the foot? And so can I rectify it? Um, I would say you did shoot yourself in the foot, but good thing you're a man. You not only have the right, but you have a duty and an obligation to correct a mistake wherever you find it. So if you made a mistake and said you were in their court, oops, sorry, guys, here's the new correction. I'm at your court. Uh-huh. You can always correct a mistake. So do I, should I give new copies of all the notices with, as corrected? Um, yeah, I don't really know what all notices you filed, but I'm guessing you made it clear that you're there as a man? Yeah, like a notice of rescission, notice of I'm man, notice of attempt to settle in private. Yeah, so I would... Um... I would maybe write a simple notice. Uh, I believe I I made a mistake uh, with my previous documents writing in the court. Uh, I believe the proper word is at whatever court, whatever their stuff is. Um, Yeah, I, I think it might be important to correct that, but then again, it might not be. Um, are you are you filing any more notices anytime soon that you're aware of? Yeah, I have a court date next Tuesday, and I, I was going to file more notices in this week. Yeah, I'm wondering if you should. Um, I'm wondering if you should just these next notices, put them in proper. Um, yeah. My notices, I don't even, I don't even acknowledge their court really. I, uh, <clears throat> I will just put notice colon idiot. And then I'll put regarding, like I'll actually write out the word regarding and then put a colon. And then in single quotes, I'll put case number and put their case number exactly how they put it, but it's in single quote, because it's not mine. I don't know what it means, but I saw that on your paper, so I'm putting it on mine. So after that, I just put the notice, very short, straight to the point. I am an idiot in regards to the legal society, whatever. Um, And then I put the verification I say here and will verify in open court that all herein be true. I put 
I sign my name and date it, and that's it. I don't put any court headings on it. I don't put plaintiff, defendant, none of that crap. The notices, I just, very simple. And then when I go and talk to the lady at the clerk desk, I just say, I, uh, I require these uh, notices be, or these documents be placed in the court file. And they'll look at it, they'll make a sour face, and they'll tell you it doesn't follow the rules and she can't accept it and blah, blah, blah. And I pretty much just tell her that's the case number. You know which file it goes into. That just, I don't need any legal advice. I don't need any judicial determinations or I don't need anybody reviewing my documents or anything like that. I no, just that require exactly. I just, be, I just require it be stamped and put into the case file and the judge can make a ruling on it. That's fine with me. Yeah, the first time I did that, I did get a strange look and she took it to the head clerk and then she let me file it. And then the next time I filed, she told me to go to the lawyer's window and they, they're very uh, cheerful almost to me. So Yeah, yeah, if you if you agree to talk to a lawyer, they're super happy because they just got jurisdiction. If, if if you follow that lawyer's advice, good luck. No, she sent me to the window where the lawyers go. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. I thought I thought like she wanted you to go get some free legal advice on how to file or something. No, they were very accommodating the second time I went. Is what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, I was um, I was back at the courthouse. I don't know if you remember me talking about the courthouse where I uh, had long conversations with court staff. But yeah, I went there today, and uh, it was it was a different woman working again, and she was very polite. She gave me a bit of a hard time. I kind of held her to it, and she did her job. So. That's three different women, three different visits to the courthouse, and all three times it was complete and utter nonsense to them. But I just, I was polite and just stuck to my guns, put these in the file, and they did it. I didn't see them, but apparently security came up the first time. Uh, not the Not the people I was talking to, um, I was talking to a clerk, her supervisor, and a lawyer. But apparently one of the women behind the counter went and phoned security. Security came up, I guess did a walk around the room, kind of walked up behind me, heard a bit of the conversation, and just left. So even though I'm pulling my crap on them in the courthouse, being polite and honorable, I still have not been asked to leave. Nobody has ever asked me to leave the courthouse. And I think we're up to like 13 notices we filed so far. So I'm right up their ass and they're not throwing me out of their little courthouse. So again, I think he is quite respectful and honorable at all times. Yeah, yeah, I agree. If I being an asshole, they would have thrown me out of there so fast just to get rid of me.
So, but, so back to rectifying my error, you think I should just file a, a notice of being an idiot? Because I already did that. I already told him I was an idiot. So does that cover my mistakes? Well, there's another thing, too. Um, I don't know what all the notices were, but if if you think there's something important from one of those old notices, file the exact same notice. Like, well, okay, sorry, bad, bad use of words, not the same, but write up, write up a new notice that is almost exactly the same as the other one, just basically refiling it, but writing it out again with a new date. You can put in, you can put in another notice idiot, and then as soon as you get out of your next court date, write up another notice idiot, put it in. Put it in every single time you go to court. It doesn't hurt to keep filing them. Um, I think what Mo does is files all his paperwork. And then the next time before he goes to court, he might file another couple notices and he will attach every other piece of paper that he's filed. He'll refile everything with these new filings every single time he goes to court. Yeah, but they would be exact copies of what he filed. <clears throat> See, what I'm concerned about is like, it's just a it's not the body of the notice that's a problem. It's just the, the title. Like I got the court wrong the first time, and I didn't know the prosecutor. I put the I put the court in as, as the prosecutor, which is wrong. Things like that. Yeah, if if they were important notices, just refile them. Not not re sorry, not refile them, but file another notice, uh, pretty much identical to it. Okay, so I'll just except just obviously correct the mistakes, but. I'll keep the body, but correct the uh, the title part. Yeah, I keep my, like, realistically, I don't think you would even have to put notice at the top. But what I do is, in all lowercase, I'll put notice colon idiot, or notice colon orders, or notice colon liability or notice colon status just very simple if i can do a one line title for my or a one word title for my notice that's what i do one word standing jurisdiction uh whatever but yeah get your notices down go through like read your notice after you wrote it and Say, I can take these three words out and put one word in there, and it's actually going to be very, very precise. And you, so you just cut it down by two words. Doesn't sound like a big deal, but when you're when you're working hard to say as little as possible, it all, it all adds up. It's great experience. It gets your mind like it's good exercise for your brain. Just forcing yourself through thought processes. Um, it'll it'll force you to go on Adam online and and figure out what you're actually saying. 
Yeah, I think I'm pretty good with that. I'm just concerned how important the style is for the title. Like <clears throat> you mentioned that the case number you put up, single quotes. And do you put the prosecutor's name and the aggrieved, I man aggrieved, or you just skip that? Not in notices, I don't. In a claim, I would definitely be calling myself a prosecutor or a man aggrieved or something, but in the notices, I'm just a man. Nothing more, nothing less. Not aggrieved? Nope. Like, one of my, like, just about every time I'm helping somebody, the first two notices are pretty much a guaranteed. One of them, notice, orders. Any man who places an order upon I or my person bears liability. And that's it. I don't need to say anymore. I say here, verify an open court, it'll all be true. But the notice is very short. The other one, liability, just notice colon liability. Any man who acts on my behalf bears liability. I say here and we'll verify an open court, it'll all here and be true. Like, it doesn't have to be fancy or long. doesn't need big words. As short and simple as you can possibly make it. Like, it doesn't get any more clear than that. Like, I, I put any man, but I put the W-O in square brackets, so any man or woman, but any man places an order upon I or my person, bears liability, that's very clear and covers everything. There's nothing else needed. In a case like a notice of rescission, that will be a little bit longer because you kind of have to specify what you're rescinding. So it's it's going to be more than one line. You're going to have to you're going to have to mention what the order was or the consent was or whatever. You're going to have to specify. You're going to have to attach something as exhibit a which would be like the contract you're you're getting out of then you're going to have to explain that it's a mistake probably because in hindsight you realize it's not a benefit it actually causes harm and then you're going to have to actually um you're going to say from from here on in this is uh this is like completely uh I don't know what you, I don't know, it depends on the situation, how I would word it specifically, but it, it, a notice of rescission is going to take a little longer because there's a few extra elements you have to put in it. But I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put in a notice mistake combined with that I'm an idiot and that I appear as a man and only to answer, like, you're already into four or five separate notices at that point. So all the notices are to address one very specific issue only. And no fancy pants lawyer words. People got to think about that. If, if you... If you have a word in your document that you've ever heard a lawyer say, 
start looking at that word and wonder if that's legalese because it very well could be. Obviously, I've heard the I've heard lawyers utter the word uh, um, the or a, but anything definitely if it's a three or four syllable word or longer and you've heard a lawyer say it, I would avoid it like the plague. I wouldn't even bother looking it up. I'd just ignore it completely. Basically, you want to keep everything that a three-year-old could understand or your average six-pack Joe idiot sitting in the, the jury box. Make it so simple that a three-year-old or a juror could understand it. I'm looking at the title part of my uh, notice, and <clears throat> you would not even put in this in First District Court, Suffolk County, State of New uh, York. You wouldn't even put at First District nope. Court. You just skip that. Yeah, I skip it altogether. Here's you another have... point too. If I'm say I'm I'm writing to the man who acted as police officer the day that he issued a speeding ticket. If it's just a man-to-man letter to that guy, I would I would maybe put regarding case number whatever or whatever they call it, violation number or ticket number, whatever it is, infraction. I would, just because this guy probably doesn't remember unless it was just a couple of days ago, so in a case like that, I might put regarding and then in single quotes, ticket number, and then put the number. But I would probably put that in square brackets. And in case anyone on the call doesn't know what the square brackets is, it's the four corners rule, which is anything in four corners or in a box actually doesn't really exist on that page. Although you may see it with your own eyes, it's not part of that document. It's considered to be part of a different document, and it's just to be used as a reference. So it's just a man-to-man letter. You'd box out the legalese so it doesn't exist, but that might jar the guy's memory, or he could go look it up on the computer if he absolutely doesn't remember. Um, but I would also remember that if this is going to be a, in a court of record moving under the common law one day, and you know these jurors are going to be reading this stuff, you might not want to be putting greetings, Bob, man acting as police officer. Because if he just straight up robbed you, you don't want to be telling the jury that this guy is actually a cop. So you might want to keep that one under your hat. It might, it depends on the situation. It might be necessary if, um, say, a public servant was required to do something and they failed to do their job properly and you're holding them accountable for failing to perform their duty, then you might have to say, Bob, the man who acts as as whatever, 
but I try and avoid using their title anywhere in my man-to-man letters, only if it's necessary. I like to keep everything completely in the private and hopefully honorably scare the pants off this prosecutor knowing that you're aware of the game. One letter at a time, simple question, you're calling bullshit on him all over the place privately. So he knows he's going to have to go to work and go into a courtroom one day and hope that you don't file the proper notices and be working on a proper claim. So it might be enough for him if you're if you're very careful with your words and you don't say anything you don't need to, he might just realize that you probably are going to clean his clock and he might as well just throw in the towel now before this actually goes out into public. I do have full faith in man-to-man letters in the private. I have actually helped somebody where the other side has dismissed their, their claim voluntarily dismissed just on letters alone. So I know it does work. And I also think if they realize that they're safer to bow out gracefully and quietly before it's public, it might be a lot better for everybody all around. Because once it's out in the public, they're pretty much going to have to let their case run its course they might be pulling every dirty trick in the book just to get through it, but they have no choice but to carry on with what they started. Otherwise, there's a good chance they're going to get sued or the cat's going to be out of the bag and everybody's going to know what they're up to. And they don't want every Tom, Dick, and Harry to know this trick. So I do have a lot of faith in private man-to-man letters. A lot of the times they do get ignored. Sometimes it's because they're not very good letters. Sometimes it's because they're scared to answer because they can't. And sometimes they're just holding out to test you to see if you go away or to see if you take a plea deal or to see if you hire a lawyer or to see if they can get you into a courtroom where they can get your big mouth flapping because then you're done like dinner, guaranteed. So people may want to second think before they just give up on private letters. Having said that, though, if you have a court date coming up and you haven't gotten a response from the other side, I would definitely put in some kind of notice and go to that court date. Because if there's a bench warrant for failure to appear, or if you get a judgment against you, it's just more crap that you got to sort out before you can get back to addressing the real issue. And sometimes it's their beautiful trick to just go out to your go out to your house, grab you, and throw you in jail until your trial, because then you're stuck. It's going to be a bitch getting your your paperwork filed. It's going to be pretty hard to be getting a hold of Carl and good luck on getting to listen to talk shoes. So you don't want to do stupid things. So don't miss any court dates. It's going to make everything worse. But I would file a simple notice. 
so it's very clear that you're you're showing up as a man not in their court but you're there to face the man or woman who claims that you've caused harm loss or injury to compensate in private or i would maybe be writing a notice clearly stating that i'm a man and that this case has been settled in private and not say anything else and just show up to court and just say this matter's been settled in private. And then if they ask you how it's been settled, well, it's private, so you don't have to disclose that, but they're gonna give you a hard time. They might set another court date. Um, you could challenge all, all kinds of different things, or you could just say, um, maybe at that point, it, maybe you've put in the notice, anybody placing orders or anybody acting on your behalf. Those, probably a good idea to file those if you have to go to court, but just keep the bare minimum covered and keep your big gate shut when you're in their court, when you're at their court. As soon as you start talking, you're done. Well, and another well, way of looking at it is he would never do it, obviously, but think of how stupid a judge is going to look if he's yelling at your paper and he's threatening your paper to answer. But it's just ridiculous. He's not going to argue and try and gain jurisdiction over a piece of paper. So he's going to be talking to you, the man, and he's going to be getting you to open your big mouth and get, answer his questions and understand his legalese nonsense and therefore giving jurisdiction that the paper would not do itself. And every time you open your mouth, your paperwork goes in the garbage anyways because you're probably saying something that's not in your paperwork. Because your paperwork is so short and to the point, you're either repeating your paperwork or saying refer to my paperwork or you're going outside of your paperwork and negating it or novating it or whatever you want to call it. But your paperwork's garbage if you start, start saying things that are not in your paperwork. And if you really don't understand Chinese, then you don't understand the question that was asked in Chinese. So why are you giving a Chinese answer? Another good reason why you should not be speaking in their court. And I think it might be a good idea that if you do ever open your mouth to say something like refer to my paperwork, start with, I don't understand what you just said, but please refer to my paperwork. And they're going to be so pissed because you're letting them know, I have no clue what's coming out of your mouth. All this gobbledygook, this baffle gab, whatever it is, I, I don't understand any of it. And all you're doing is saying, refer to my paperwork, refer to my paperwork, refer to my paperwork. Like a broken record. That note can be written ahead of time. Oh, yeah. Now, would you suggest uh, 
saying that, that the matter's been settled. That's either or. You're not going to do that and and ask for anybody who's, who has a claim against you. You're not going to say I'm here to settle any verified claim and well, say it's been settled. You're going to do one or the other, right? Well, that's a good point, too. You could also put in your notice could be I'm not. I'm not being really picky with the words here, so I might be a little loose with the language, but your notice could read something like, uh, I believe, I, a man, believe this matter has been settled between Bob Smith and I in private, or I, a man, believe uh, this matter, be the matter, this matter, uh, has been settled man-to-man in private between Bob Smith and I, or something like that, and then semicolon, uh, if any man or woman believes they, if, if any man or woman has a verifiable claim properly filed before this court, uh, let them come forward now so I can compensate them in private. And then you're pretty much covering anything. I believe this matter's been settled, but if not, somebody come forward, we're good to go. Got my checkbook right here. I see. So technically that would be sort of two separate notices, but they're very, very closely related. So if you're clever, you smash them together, they're, they fit. And that's one of the rare cases where your notice might have to be more than just a tiny little bit. It might have to be a little more just to cover all the bases in one in one notice. But again, it's important don't be piling a bunch of um a bunch of other topics into one notice. Keep everything simple. Everything just everything separate. Would that also be with the void order? A void order will be a little bit longer than a simple notice. Again, like the like a notice of rescission, because there's certain key points you have to put in there. Um, like you can't just write a I a man declare every order void. Like what every every order in the galaxy. Like you're gonna have to be a little more specific than that. All right. Um, you're going to have to give some kind of a reason why it's void. And chances are you're going to be able to list like probably six to 10 reasons why their nonsense order actually isn't an order. It's a void order. Um, few reasons obviously would be stuff like no jurisdiction, no proper claim, no man or woman, no contract, no harm, loss, or injury, no, the list can go on forever. Um, no no man or woman with any ver- first-hand personal knowledge or, uh, yeah, nobody, nobody could verify the debt or whatever the reasons might be. But, yeah, it's going to be longer because there's stuff you have to put in there. You're going to have to... Um, the whole part make it known that from this day forward 
the order is to be known as, uh, I don't want to use void or uh, null and void or any kind of legalese terms or any kind of Latin terms, but uh, something like the, um, the void order is to be noticed as um, something like void from the start. Like you don't want to use now for that anything weird. Right. But yeah, I would, um, I'm not sure. So nobody hold me to this, but I think basically how Mo does it is say, sorry, write something like, uh, on such and such a date, Bob Smith, maybe in square brackets, judge, or I don't know how exactly he puts it, uh, made an order that X, Y, and Z. And then he'll say that the order, the that the void order is void for the following reasons. I don't know if he says following, that's I-N-G, but and then he'll list the reasons and then he'll just have whatever his ending is, declare it forever done with. Right. So I think he does it pretty simple, but I think he puts lots of exhibits, all his uh, supporting documents and stuff like that. But I think his, his whole concept is uh, pretty simple. I mean, really, how hard can it be if you start, if you get used to what, the key ingredients of a good letter is what the key ingredients of a good notice is and common sense is okay well if this is how you do a letter this is how you do a notice this is what i need to void the order how would it look oh kind of like a notice so it's just a simple notice you got to say in it basically everything you're doing is a letter or a notice you can call it a void order. Okay, a notice that it's a void order. Call it what you want. Man right. can do whatever he wishes, right? The beauty right. of being a man, whatever I choose, whatever my little heart desires, I just utter it onto paper and there you go. Like it or lump it, that's what. It, that's how it stays. Okay, anyone else on the call? Mike, I just have one more question. Yep. Go ahead, please. When they call you up uh, before the judge, I mean, you kind of, you know, they call your name, then you just, I say, I verbally say that, you know, I'm present before the court, I, I go by and then I tell them my name. <clears throat> That's not bad, is it? Uh, you know, I don't know. I think you could just uh I think you could just go up there and just say, Yeah, I'm here for that matter and they'll probably say something along the lines of who are you or state your name for the record. Uh I would say you could probably say something like uh I a man go by the name Mike. You can call me Mike if you wish. And uh, have you read my paperwork? 
Did you did you receive my notice? Yep. Do you understand my notice? Yep. Okay. Where's the man or woman? They got once 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 you've stated that you're there for that matter, you tell them how you how you address yourself. They can address you however they wish, but whatever give them the option and then go right to refer to my paperwork. I don't care what's coming out of your mouth. Refer to my paperwork. I don't understand any. Refer to my paperwork. You could say something like, let's just say he magically finds something that's actually relevant. You could also say something like, okay, I don't understand what you're saying, but let me respond in writing. And then you could write out, I do not understand anything you're saying. Uh, I require any questions come in a form of writing, and I will respond in writing within 72 hours. And that's probably going to piss him off so bad because now you just required him to put it in writing and I'll take it home and I'll jump on TalkShoe and I'll Skype Mike and I'll come up with a whole bunch of funny questions that are actually very relevant and it's actually going to kick your case in the balls. And they're going to be so mad because you're responding on writing instead of flapping your lips in their courtroom. But if you use common sense and just pure, plain, simple logic, this stuff is pretty simple. It's just you gotta you gotta completely flip what you think now and start seeing things a little more closely, like Carl sees them. Because Carl's no bullshit. He 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 just cuts right through all the crap and asks one simple question, and you're like, holy crap! I never even thought of that. Or he'll ask he'll he'll ask you a question, and you won't even understand how significant that question is until you listen to the talk show a couple more times and actually get your head around how simple and beautiful that one question is. Like the guy is amazing. He can just get straight to the point with as few words as possible, just right off the top of his head. And that comes with drilling all this information into his head, years of connecting the dots and simplifying it and just double checking the living crap out of yourself and make sure you tighten everything right up. And he just sees everything just pure common sense. No bullshit what's going on and who's doing it. What happened? How did it happen? Who done it? And just the very basic facts straight to the point, no no bullshitting around. It's it's beautiful. Every every aspect of Carl's whole uh thought process about law is just amazing. The guy's a genius. He spent so much time refining his, his whole his whole approach. And it's funny, too, because the more I look at it, the more I realize Carl's not talking law, he's talking life. 
like this is just how it should normally be. What is wrong with you people? Wake up. Yeah, I, I understand now what Carl means when he just he's just waiting for people to see what he's saying or to see what he sees. Like I, I'm kind of getting that now. I don't uh, I don't scroll through my memory for what I've heard Carl say. I don't have to listen to the audios. I don't have to check any notes. When people ask me a question, I just wing it off the top of my head just because they're overthinking it and I'm not. Or I'm overthinking it a lot less than them. No matter how you, no, no matter what your learning process is or your method on how you learn the best, it's it's going to take time. No matter how you learn this stuff, no matter what you do, it's going to take time, and it's going to take dedication too. You can't uh, you can't put in five hours a week and expect that you're going to get any real results. It's like almost everything else, too. you got to jump right in there, get your hands dirty. Find something small and just dive right into it. Get a little bit of help on the way, but just do it. The dog is my practice run. Yep. <laughs> See, I'm starting small. Yeah, there's um, there's no need to go spitting on the sidewalk or jaywalking or speeding with a six pack and an open beer and a loaded pistol, a bag of there's better ways of, of teaching yourself this stuff. You don't actually have to go and look for trouble. It could be something simple like the guy with the cable the cable guy destroying the house. Little shit like that happens every day. You can find little things like that everywhere. Maybe your cell phone cell phone provider just changed the contract at will. It's probably written in their contract. Maybe it's not. Even if it is part of their contract, if you're the one guy that bitches about it and actually grills them a little bit, maybe they'll throw you a bone just because this is one guy out of thousands upon thousands we've done this too and there's only one guy that caught it and he just wants to go back to the way it was or he wants the money knocked off his bill give him what he wants so it could be all kinds of little stuff you don't have to look for anything to get yourself in trouble another thing is you're a man you've had shit happen in the past i guarantee you there's plenty of mistakes just fix something that's already in the past for fun. Don't go for somebody's throat and try and take their house and everything they own. Don't try and put anybody in the poor house or something. Bygones or bygones, you've forgotten about it, whatever. But just correct it. If you're not going to cause any harm, loss, or injury to another man, go and correct the mistake for fun. Fix something that's already done and over with. How are you going to make it worse now? 
that's uh, I refer to that as picking your battles. Don't get yourself in trouble, or if it's a small issue, don't get yourself thrown in jail for contempt. It's not worth it. Okay. Can we move on to the next question? Yeah, it can be the same caller, just different question, right? Correct. Nice. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Um, if three people agree to a certain contract and two people don't abide by that contract and you tried to settle in private and they just ignore you, <laughs> what steps can be taken then? Um, depending on the issue, it could be uh, something as simple as small claims court if it's caused some kind of... Uh, some kind of like it, if it's something as simple as somebody's not paying a bill or somebody's not following a contract, it's a pretty clear cut, open and cut, open and shut case. Okay. Um, Judge Judy rips through them like lightning. Is there a contract? Let me see the contract. Tell me your side of the story. Now tell me your side of the story. Okay, here's the contract. The contract is clear. You were to do this. Did you do it? Okay. Did you pay? No. Why not? Uh, okay, you lose. You didn't follow the contract. Pay up. And it it could be that simple. It might be an issue to file some kind of claim in a court or record. Um, it might be something that is so plain and simple and it's written all over their codes anyway and it's obviously been common law since the since monkeys started walking or since Adam and Eve walked the earth. Everybody knows it. It's so plain and simple that you're going to win whether it's common law, whether it's small claims, whether it's statutory. So just take the easy route, go through small claims court. If it's something like, I provided this service, I tendered the bill, he didn't pay, the guy's already admitted that you did the service or whatever, and he can't prove that he paid, he's going to lose. That's a no-brainer. So, um, yeah, if there's a contract clearly written, and it's obvious the other side didn't follow it, then you shouldn't have much of a problem as long as you're doing everything properly, which would be getting people to double-check your letters and notices. If you're filing a claim, make sure the claim's done correctly. If it's something like small claims court, that's like the express window for law. Um, the way I see it, Although I haven't done a whole lot of research on small claims, the way I see it is they have pretty strict rules. Well, I don't know how if I would call them strict, but they have a certain set of rules that they operate their small claims court under. But 
although maybe statutory, they're very, very closely based off common law anyways. It's pretty much just common sense, and that's why they can smash the process into here's the form you fill out, here's the process, and this is the way we roll. And so it's unless I believe it's two men go in, two men go out, the cases are very short unless it's there's a whole bunch of complicated nonsense, which usually there isn't. Um, I think if if you hire a lawyer, the other side can hire a lawyer. If the other side hires a lawyer and you don't, you can tell their lawyer, sit down, shut your mouth, go for a coffee, whatever, you're not recognized in this court. You can do that in small claims. I think so, yes. Small claims, I believe, is man-on-man, especially if it's a man-on-man, a man-and-man contract then it's pretty much man-to-man. Thank you. I'll check on that. Yeah, I think it's pretty much the man or woman that's bringing the claim forward pretty much dictates the rules. But if the rules of small claims court fully agree with what you're trying to do, I don't see a problem with small claims court. I've never heard that small claims court's corrupt or completely unfair. It could be in some places, but not to my knowledge. Course, on the other hand, If the man I'm suing for an unpaid bill happens to work as a judge by day, I don't know if I would think about small claims court. Maybe, maybe not, but I don't think I would at that point. Sorry, what did you just say? If, okay, say, say, a man hires me to go in and cut his grass every Saturday for two months. And then when he gets back from vacation, he doesn't pay me. I I would think about just suing that man in small claims court for him to pay the bill. But if just coincidentally, that man happens to act as a judge for a living, I would probably not go to small claims court, but I'm not sure about that yet. But I think just probably erring in caution, I would think it's probably generally a bad idea to bring a judge into small claims court. Obviously, you're taking the man in, but just him acting as a judge just makes me wonder if I would even risk small claims court for something like that, even if this had nothing to do with him acting as a judge. I just don't know if I would. Okay. Now, I'm just I'm just questioning which way to go on um, 
you know, reg- regarding my case with my sisters. Well, here's another idea too is um, say there's a contract dispute and some man or some corporation is trying to invite you into a statutory court. If you already have a contract in place and you like the contract and they're trying to take you to court to change the contract, kind of like we mentioned before, but a little bit different, you could probably say something like, I will agree to meet you at court on such and such a date uh, on condition that we will be we will be um that the that the hearing will run strictly or that the that the current contract is the law binding on the court or something along i'd have to think about the words i think that was terrible wording but basically i'll go into court as long as we're going strictly by the contract the contract is the law I don't care if this is some kind of equity court, some kind of family court, some kind of admiralty, reptoid court. I don't care what kind of court it is, but we're going to go strictly according to this contract. Okay, well, yeah. Well, if if that's the case, I've already won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, those those conditional uh, acceptances are amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm still... You you could conditional acceptance anything. Like if you you said to me right now, hey, Mike, would you like some pancakes? I could say, oh, absolutely. I love pancakes on the condition they don't have any kind of peanut product in it because I'm allergic as hell. Like you can conditional acceptance anything on any condition, any time. It's awesome. It's it's one of those golden nuggets that I got from Gordon Hall before I found Carl. I thought that was absolutely amazing. You can do so much with a conditional acceptance. Because in my opinion, flat out refusal is a form of dishonor. It's almost like a slap in the face. I don't like your present. Maybe a bag of burning dog shit is a wonderful gift for you, but I don't think it's a beautiful gift. So maybe I'll accept your burning bag of dog shit if it comes in some kind of sealed metal box and I'll have to touch it or smell it. Like anything can be a conditional acceptance. So you're never actually flat out refusing anything, but you're not just taking a steaming pile of crap. You're going to have some kind of ground rules. Okay, under no conditions is this going to happen on my watch. That's part of just being a man, setting down the rules of court. I don't care if it's my court. I don't care if it's your court. I'm only going to be there if we're doing it this way. And then they have to- every right to counteroffer or just say, uh, no thanks, I don't want to contract with you. Don't, don't, don't show up at our court. Okay, have it your way. The offer still stands. Anytime you want to do this for me, I'll be happy to be there. 
they hate shit like that. Being so polite and so honorable, accepting everything they offer just under these conditions, they hate it because you're totally in honor. Yeah, there's all kinds of little things you just have to remember, but it just becomes a thought process. Or like Carl says, it be, it's got to be a way of life. Like this just got to be second nature. You got to eat, breathe, and sleep this shit. But yeah, little things to remember are um, there has to be harm, loss, or injury, or a breach of contract. Or there is no case anywhere on this planet that I'm aware of. Um, everything, everything has to be firsthand personal knowledge, which gets back to the old Trinzi versus Pagliaro bit, where no lawyer can submit uh, evidence or testimony because he has no firsthand personal knowledge which is a huge thing because there's no such man or woman as United States of America. And this attorney has no firsthand personal knowledge of anything. So where is all this evidence and testimony coming from? Like, what is this document? Okay, Susie Cupcake signed this document. Where is Susie? Put her on the stand and let me hear out of her mouth that her computer screen told her so. So things like this are very important because they have no case with just a few simple, a few simple words. You just question them on very short, basic, simple concepts. If there's no man or woman, no verifiable claim, like you guys are just bitching at me now. I don't care if I didn't take the garbage out. Sue me. Stop complaining. Stop dragging me into the statutory three-ring circus. If I've caused harm, loss, or injury, write up a claim, file it, serve it on me. Let's do that. Yeah, and any prosecutor that's, that knows anything should, I'm guessing, be aware that Carl's mentioned this before. Uh, if I'm understanding this correctly, a rock can sue a rock, a mailbox can sue a mailbox, a skateboard can sue a skateboard, as long as there's a, an attorney or some kind of agent representing both sides a man can sue a man but a fiction cannot sue a man that's very important too 
because United States of America is a fiction. This thing called a prosecutor is a fiction. I don't know what's coming out that hole in that judge's face, but it's all a bunch of nonsense to me. It all boils down to where's the man or woman. Bring forward some kind of contract. State some kind of harm, loss, or injury. I know you're not bullshitting me. Bring forth the evidence. Give me... Give me the name and the address of the plaintiff so I can settle in private. I want to actually write to Mr. or Mrs. United States of America. Just call them on their bullshit. The plaintiff must appear. The Bible says so as well. Not only is it my belief, the book of Acts says so. Looky here in your code. Like it's everywhere. The game is up, guys. I understand what's going on. I know the trick. I see what you're doing. You're not pulling this nonsense out of me. But we think we know stuff, so when we hear all this dribble coming out of a judge or a prosecutor's mouth, we got our presumption pants on and our big brain hat, and we start playing lawyer and thinking we understand legalese, or realize that you're so smart because you've listened to so many hours of Carl that you're going to show them where they're wrong or something. No need for any of that crap. It all boils down to where's the man or woman. If I've caused harm, loss, or injury or breached the contract, my fellow man, let's see the contract. Where's the man or woman? Let me see this claim that they've properly filed before the court because I ain't seen it yet. And again, you may have caused harm to your fellow man, maybe not, who knows. But if you have caused harm and it was a mistake, you've still done no wrong. You have a chance to compensate him as soon as you find that man or woman, as soon as you come to the realization, holy crap, I did cause harm, loss, or injury. And then you compensate them, you correct your mistake. God bless man, we can make mistakes and we can fix our mistakes. Key concepts like this are huge. There's certain things, like Carl says all the time, every case is the same, but every case is unique. You find the things that are the same in every single case. And you can refer to those as the core concepts. You can We call those the common law basics. You can refer to them as whatever you want, but it's law. Nothing more, nothing less. It's common sense law. The law is the same today as it was yesterday, as it will be tomorrow. The law never changes. Rules and regulations change. Processes and procedures change but the law never changes. It's been the the same since Moses' time. It's, uh, It's preferable and maybe the good mark of a fellow man to forgive and forget so long as you're compensated. But as far as I understand, eye for an eye has never actually been abolished, but 
I would use a little common sense. Um, if somebody accidentally runs me over with their car, I'm not going to try and get some kind of judge to order that buddy's got to stand in Walmart parking lot while I run him over. Like, that's kind of retarded. And it kind of looks dishonorable that even though this guy may have accidentally caused you harm, now you want to harm your fellow man in a fit of revenge. Just think about how bad that makes you look. Or if somebody steals from you so you want to cut their hand off, that's not common law anywhere on this land that I'm aware of. But that's a little bit excessive for me to actually want to cut somebody's hand off to cause harm to your fellow man because he made a really stupid judgment call. And to give your man the benefit of the doubt, maybe he didn't know he was stealing. Maybe maybe he was shit-faced drunk and forgot that his bike that looks similar to yours is actually in his garage still and he took a cab today. Who knows? Maybe he honestly doesn't know he made a mistake. So you always got to give your man, your fellow man proper notice. And I don't know if it's in statutory circles, but I've heard the term notice and grace. I've heard terms like uh, opportunity to cure. You can call it all those ridiculous things if you want. We basically got to let your brother know that he caused you harm or that he did wrong and give him the opportunity to be honorable and to compensate. That's how man treats their fellow man. Hey, buddy, you stomped on my foot. Here's my doctor bill. Oh, I remember that day, and I do remember stepping on your foot. I didn't know it actually did any, any kind of harm. But here, I'll pay your doctor bill, no problem. That's man interacting with their fellow man in a proper manner. Not calling the cops or suing the piss out of them through your attorney or none of that crap. Treat others as you wish to be treated. If I make a mistake, I want somebody to forgive me. If they make a mistake, fair is fair, I got to forgive them. If they cause me any financial loss, just pay me. We're good. Which gets back to people got to cut the emotional crap out completely. Stop with this pity poor old me. Stop with this the whole world is unfair. Stop with this the courts are corrupt. They did this. Stop with all this. It's the cop's fault. He shouldn't have done that. Like, all of it is a bunch of bullshit. All of this, I'm going to get somebody fired over this. Stop being a little kid. Act like a man. Stop trying to be a greedy motherfucker and profit off suing people. It's all a bunch of bullshit. Stop being so sad, so angry, so vengeful. Cut all the bullshit. Think with a level head. And just use pure, simple logic. Be polite, respectful, and honorable, and just get your shit back. Yeah. If we sue them for more money and that, we're no better than what they are. 
Sorry, my phone just cut out for a second. I missed the first part of that. I just said if we sue them, you know, for trying to get back more money or, you know, revenge and that, we're no better than what they are. Yeah. Well, that's Probably another even thing worse think... because we know the law. Well, well that's another it. thing I think about too is, um, like, believe it or not, I actually have people send me messages, stuff like... I came out of the grocery store two days ago and there was a parking ticket on my car. Can you help me file a claim? Like, my best advice to you is go get a fucking bar card, you piece of shit. Like, you want to sue this man for putting a piece of paper on your car when he was just doing his job. He probably doesn't know the difference between a man and a person. He probably doesn't know the difference between property and a motor vehicle yes ignorance of the law is no excuse but remember he's still your fellow man he's just performing a service oh yeah for you he just made a simple mistake he didn't cause you any harm loss or injury he didn't breach any contract he didn't know and then you don't even want to give him a heads up that he's done something wrong you don't want to tell him that there's been a mistake. You don't want to put him on proper notice that you're a man and you're not operating under any kind of thing called a driver's license. You just want to sue the crap out of this guy. I guarantee you, you're going to lose in any court because a judge is going to look at you and say, you couldn't even send this guy a freaking letter. Yeah, you may as well be a lawyer. You may as well be a cop or something if you're going to pull shit like that on your fellow man. You don't own that man. You might have some say in how he's performing his public duty, but he's still a man. And if you're going to treat your fellow man like a piece of shit, you're no better than any other piece of shit. Realistically. Because if you're in his shoes and you didn't know, you'd only be doing the same job that he's doing. Yep. And don't kid yourself. These judges, they're watching for who's being honorable and who's not. If you're lying, they're going to weed you out. If you're just seeking revenge, the judges got little tricks. They do this all day, every day. They're word masters. They study body language. They can see when you're sweating. They can tell you're fidgeting. They see when you're hesitating and which answers you're hesitating. They can see all of this stuff. They can hear the tone of your voice change. They know when you're starting to get pissed off. If you say something, you don't quite catch what he's saying and you say something a little bit different he probably set you up to confuse you or whatever but these guys are masters at 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 watching what you're doing so if you're just trying to if you're just trying to get over on your brother the judges are going to see right through it and that could be a good thing to a to a truthful, honest man or woman. Yep. And that's another thing too I've been thinking about lately is um, 
people, I'm not saying that I'm not in this group. I agree that to a certain extent, everybody is in this group, but we can hear Carl say something. We understand what he's saying, maybe not as good as him. We kind of understand why that's the way it is. And we can say that, yeah, I believe that. But in reality, you probably don't fully believe it yet. And an example of that would be if I know that pot is not wrong and I know that as a man I have a right to possess or whatever, possess probably a legalese word. Well, I know they use it in legalese, but I'm allowed to have it. I'm allowed to smoke it or use it. It's my property. I'll do as I wish. But realistically, if I'm walking down the street with a clear plastic bag full of pot and I see a cop car, I'm going to be hiding that bag, which is common sense. It's kind of stupid not to. But if I honestly firmly believe that there was nothing wrong with it, I probably wouldn't even be thinking I should hide this if it was such a firm belief. So there's, I guess you could kind of say there's levels of how much you believe something. Um, another example is every idiot knows that all men, all men are created equal. It says so in the Bible, it's common sense. You can't go treating your man like a cow. Um, but when we go to court, that man who is our equal, he's sitting on a bench and he's got a black dress on. So now he's kind of close to God's status somehow. And it's completely natural for people to go into a courtroom and start shitting their pants when this judge starts yelling at them. It's, it's, I would say one of the most normal things to do. If a judge starts yelling at you, shit your pants and do what you're told. It's just how people are. So you got to always remember that, yeah, he's a guy with a black dress. He's sitting on a bench. People are calling him your highness or your worship or judge, whatever they're calling him. But he's just another guy, just some dude a title and it makes me laugh too when I hear judges say stuff like oh well this is my courtroom huh really because I thought I was the public I thought this was a public courtroom and I thought that you're a public servant unless you got something to tell me and besides the, besides the fact you're getting paid to be in this public building. I'm not. So you're not getting paid to be at home, bucko. You're getting paid to perform a public function for the public. So people got to stop thinking these guys are so high, so high and mighty. They're just guys like the rest of us. Of course, you still have to be polite, respectful, and honorable but you don't have to take their bullshit and thank them for it.
you can be polite, respectful, and honorable, and you can stand your ground and here's my paperwork, do as you wish. You don't have to threaten them. You just have to put them on notice. They're going to do what they're going to do. You can't order a man to do anything. You can't order the Boy Scouts to do what you want them to do at their Boy Scout hall during their Boy Scout meeting. So don't even try. Don't tell them they built campfires all wrong. Don't tell them that they have no clue how to help old ladies cross the street. Just don't pull that nonsense. Put them on notice that you're a man. This is what you're here to do. If they're not going to do it, do as you wish. It's all up to you, big boy. And if they don't act accordingly, file a claim, sue them, hold them accountable. Of course, the filing the claim and holding your own court is a bit of a tricky part. But there's only so much you can do in their court. You're not part of it, so what are you barking orders for? Not your Boy Scout hall, not your rules. Stop telling them their rules or they're they're not following their rules. Yeah, I still have a I still have a lot of serious thinking to do about void orders and void judgments. I don't know, they seem pretty common sense, but they seem kind of not so proper. I guess it kind of a big difference would be if it's a jurisdictional challenge of sorts or if there's just been a mistake. Barb and I had a bit of a talk about this in one of the Skype rooms the other day. Um, I didn't quite agree with how she was looking at it. She didn't quite agree with how I was looking at it. But she brought up a very interesting point that I never put a lot of thought into before. Um, She mentioned that... um, that voiding and cancelling are very different. Um, I can I can place an order at a restaurant and I can cancel my order, but I don't know if I can void my own order. I could cancel it, but I think the other side would have to void it. So if a judge makes a void order against me, I can't cancel his order. I can't withdraw his order or revoke or rescind his order, but I can void it. I just thought it, I just thought it was kind of interesting that I just never really thought of those two words side by side and compared them. But when she mentioned it the other day, I was like, holy crap. I never really thought about how actually very different those two words are. Obviously, they're spelled different. Obviously, they have a a different meaning, but it's a pretty significant difference, I guess you could say.
And yes, I'm proud to be a word geek. Yeah, there's all kinds of words. Um, if people have a whole lot of time to to look up words, um, I like um, like maybe maybe even make a, a short list. Um, make a list like rescind, revoke, cancel, withdraw. Um, I don't know, just think up a whole bunch of words that people commonly use as synonyms for each other. Words that the average Joe thinks they mean the same thing. And just just come up with a a small list of very similar words and then go on Edom online and look up all these words and get an idea of how off you were on what you thought the word meant in the first place and then realize how different that word is than the next word on the list. And then look up the next word and go, holy crap, kind of like change, alter, and amend that we were talking about earlier. They're, They're similar words, but they're actually completely different, every single one of them. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm going to show how stupid I am. Um, I think it was Confucius said something like, uh, "Knowledge, knowledge begins with calling things by their proper name." So stop being loose in your language and saying things that don't make any sense. Call a spade a spade. Like if you mean a specific thing, use the proper word. Yeah, I heard somebody not long ago uh, tell their best friend that they were such a nice person. Yeah, this words like that stick out to me now. I'm like, holy crap, I know what those words mean. <laughs> but be warned, sometimes it gets annoying when you hear stupid people talk. Sorry, I can't say stupid, ignorant. I got to be fair. Especially because I was kind of stupid not long ago. I mean, ignorant.
got quiet all of a sudden. Yeah, since nobody's going to say anything, uh, if anybody's listening and they're not on Skype, go to Skype.com. It's very easy and it's free and it's fast. So set up a Skype account. Uh, find somebody from the talk show calls that's on Skype. Um, get in contact with somebody. Get put in some of the Skype rooms. And there's so many people on Skype, it's so helpful to ask questions and get information quick. Um, It's 24 hours a day. There's somebody awake somewhere on the planet that's probably going to give you some kind of opinion. Um, And you can... You can drag and drop documents. You can copy and paste stuff. Uh, you can send audio files, like huge audio files. So I think it's a huge advantage for people to get on Skype. Yeah, and in case anybody cares, I'm getting really annoyed at really long-winded, stupid posts in the Skype rooms, and I'm getting really sick and tired of whiny, bitchy crybabies and people that have such a bad temper that they're telling people to fuck off for asking questions. My patients are wearing very thin. I think people should start being, I don't know, I think people should just snap out of it. I think I'm just going to start kicking people out of rooms with very little warning. Yeah, but we're supposed to be learning how to conduct ourselves in a, in you know, in the rightful manner, not not start abusing people in the rooms. That's that's not the purpose of the rooms. Yeah, I can see if somebody just stumbled upon Carl's YouTube videos and just came on on TalkShoe and Skype and they don't really know anything and maybe they're going to call judges crooks or thieves or whatever, start bashing them. Maybe they don't know that there's a more honorable approach to this and they can kind of 
be given a warning or a heads up or just some kind of explanation like we're past that we got to stop doing that now but if somebody's doing it non-stop or somebody will not stop posting stupid statutory stuff repeatedly they're going to end up being gone yeah that's that's understandable though yeah i don't uh I don't have the time, the energy, or the desire to be reading every post in every room. There's a lot of people in the rooms that are pretty good at keeping people on topic. And if there's bad information, there's usually uh, a lot of people that are willing to correct people um, to cut down on bad information because people that are new they're a lot of times they're desperate and need answers fast and bad information has to be stopped immediately before people hurt themselves so if anybody's giving out bad information in the skype rooms stop them explain it to them or let me know that something's going on because i can't be in all the rooms at all the time like all the time i just can't I haven't quite finished my e-taser yet, so I can't just tase people (laughs) acting up. Well, hurry up, will you? Gosh. That'll be awesome, having an e-tase app or something. I'll have to catch the rest of this call. Um, I'll have to go. I've got to take my little girl to the vet to get her stitches out. So thank you so much, everyone. Okay. Yeah, thank you. All right. Bye for now. Anybody else?
Nobody there, huh? Guys, gonna force me to read the chat board. Um, I'm not sure. I think it was 571. Not that it makes a huge difference, but um, yeah, I heard Carl mention. Uh, I don't. I don't really know anything about what's going on, but. Carl mentioned uh, he was helping some guy named Jason who was helping with 571 cases uh, involving Canada Revenue Agency. And apparently there's 571 uh, income tax cases that are indefinitely on hold. And it's apparently from one simple question. And I think that question is, whose property is it? Or something very similar. With, it's some kind of very ridiculously simple question. Yeah, that would um, be kind of cool to see what kind of uh, paperwork was filed, or what kind of what kind of letters went out, and what kind of responses came back. It sounds uh, sounds pretty simple.
yeah, somebody's going to have to call in or this is going to suck. Maybe we got like another half hour or 40 minutes.
of this dead air for a reason. Hey, yeah, uh, the reason is because nobody will answer me, so I wasn't going to just sit there and talk to myself. <laughs> okay, so what question do you have? I, I might be able to help you, Mike. What was that? What question do you have? I might be able to help you. <laughs> wow, <laughs> what questions do I have? That's a switch. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to uh, bite my tongue on that one. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So we had a uh, quite the lightning storm here, and there's about an inch of water that fell in like half an hour. Just crazy storm. So my internet was in and like off and on, off and on for the past couple hours. So I missed most of your show. Yeah, the um, the whole first part was uh, all dead air. Surprise, surprise. But oh. uh, I think there was some good stuff. I don't know. It seems that most of my talk shows are just me rambling for most of the time. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I, uh, I think there's some useful stuff in this call, though. Oh, I think so, yeah. I know Janine, uh, she was saying like she had some, some of her dogs got attacked by other dogs. Did that get resolved or is she still working on that? She's uh, working on that. I think she got some, some good ideas tonight too, but. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, sent a couple letters and notices out. Um, I guess contacting a couple people at the police station, a couple people at, I think it's whatever she's got, like some type of city hall or whatever. I don't know what exactly it is. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she's on her way. I gave her my opinion, my thoughts or whatever, stuff that she could possibly think about doing. Yeah. I have a weird story to tell you. I don't know if you have a second. It has uh, has to do with common law. Yeah, I I got all kinds of time. I'd love to hear it. Especially something strange or funny. Okay, but it has to do... This happened to me two weeks ago. I was at at a local coffee shop, and I was talking about Carl and you and Gus, and and I was telling about my situation, about, you know, common law and writing letters and, and, you know, what we kind of do, or, you know, what we're kind of learning through Carl and you guys there, right? Mm -hmm. And, And this guy at the coffee shop, I was telling him, and he looked at me, and he told me a story. And this story is a true story that just happened. And then at the end of his story, or his fact, he says, so what do you think Carl would say? And I, and I looked at him, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you the question, Mike, but the story might take like two, two three minutes to tell. So, okay. Uh, the guy I was talking to, his name is Jack. And his sister is called Jill, okay? So it's Jack and Jill. The guy I was talking to was Jack. Now, there's a guy here. He lives about three miles from me. His name's Morris. Okay. Morris, about 20 years ago, he was married, Morris. He's still married today with the same woman. But about 20 years ago, had intercourse with Jill and produced a baby boy. Okay? Now... Jack is the brother of Jill. Now, Morris always denied that he had a son with Jill. 
And so for 18 years, he never paid a penny, whatever. And this Jack fellow helped out his sister Jill, you know, financially or morally or whatever, like kind of helped him out. And, and Jill never went after Morris for for money or for anything. She just, whatever, he denied the the, the baby boy, so whatever. So when the baby boy was 18, this was about two years ago, because this intercourse happened about 20-some years ago, like 20, 20, 21 years ago. When the baby boy was 18, uh, this Morris fellow, who lives about three miles from me, uh, I guess started saying, oh, like he, he started admitting that he had a, a son, an 18-year-old son, and helped him out. And he helped him out by creating a company and having water trucks and uh, sump trucks and, and stuff. And, and the, the boy, the 18-year-old, was working. And supposedly the, the, the theory was, or what was kind of what everybody thought was, that now this man, this Morris guy, was helping out his 18-year-old son that he had never really talked to for 18 years and helped him out by, you know, created this company and had the trucks and stuff like that. And around that same period, um, his wife, Morris's wife, uh, attempted suicide a few times. And then she was put away for about three months in the, in the hospital. And it was later found out that this Morris guy was beating his wife. It's a side issue. So then after about two years, so about six months ago, when the, when the boy was, was 20 years old or so, he had been working through his company that this Morris guy had set up. He went and told Jack, the uncle, he told Jack that this company that Morris had set up was basically, Morris didn't put the boy's name on anything. And the only name in the company was Morris. So basically this boy was working for two years basically as a slave because he wasn't, his name was nothing, uh, on anything, and he was basically working as a as an employee without being paid, in a sense. So Morris was kind of cheating his son that he had cheated for 18 years, and he kind of cheated him another two years. So the question is to you, Mike, Jack. At that, when 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 the, when the boy told Jack the story, Jack got on the phone, phoned Morris, and he told him. Like he was telling me the story in French, so I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing and I'm translating, but he basically told Morris that he had seven days to get this right with his son or Jack would go into his yard and Morris wouldn't be happy with that. And he hung up the phone, and I guess within seven days, Morris uh, got the deal or whatever, and the son left with, with some trucks and the company name and stuff like that. So then, because for about 10, 15 minutes, I was telling this Jack guy how letter writing works and this and that and this and that. And then he tells me this story that one phone call, <laughs> I don't know, he must have threatened them too, but, and it, it got settled. But, so I guess my, uh, his question was to me was, what would Carl say about that? Well, I don't, Obviously, I can't <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. I I don't I can't really say what Carl would say, but um, I think it's pretty funny that it worked out. But if there was uh, threats or extortion, that was probably uh, 
way more risk than I would have done. Yeah, it, but when he was telling me the story, I was kind of thinking, my God, this Morris guy is a real loser, <laughs> first of all, but I guess, what do you do with losers? you got to bring them to court and claim, you know, like there's no... I don't know, kind of... Yeah, there's... See, that's, that's a bit of a tough one, too, because um, if the guy honestly believed that the kid was his son, he should have been helping support that kid for the first 18 years. Exactly. Yeah. But, but I don't know. I guess morally it was kind of wrong, but I don't know. I don't know the whole story. I don't know if she was bugging him for child support and he wouldn't do it. Maybe she just didn't want to sue him. Who knows if it happened that way. Um, but if he didn't know it was his kid and nobody mentioned child support, technically, I guess he didn't really do anything wrong. Um, I guess if he honestly believed it was his son, whether anyone asked, he should have done the right thing. Uh, either try and be a part of his son's life or support his son. Um, and I don't know how all that went down about the business. If he actually told the kid it was his company and it was a flat out lie, I would say that's pretty much fraud. Um, but you would have to prove that he was saying that it was his company and there was some kind of contract or something. But giving the guy a job wasn't necessarily a harm, but if there was actual fraud involved, that that's the problem. So without knowing the details, it's kind of hard to give a good answer, but it'd be kind of interesting to find out all the little details and find out how it really happened which would obviously involve getting more than one guy's uh, side of the story. Oh, yeah, I agree. And just just like this Morris guy, he's a farmer up here, so he's probably worked uh, a few million dollars. Like, he, like they have lots of land. This Jack fellow is also a, a farmer, and they're probably worked a few million dollars. So it's not a lack of money from any one party. And the, 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 uh, the sister, like Jill... She's like, you know, it's not, it's not like anybody is lacking money from, from the three parties or the whatever. It's not like there's a lack of money, but there seems to be a, a lack of respect or a lack of, um, how can I say, like, even though everybody had enough money to go around, if it is your son, I feel that a person should still pay for that, right? I mean, it's not, yeah. you know. A person doesn't have to be broke to get child support kind of thing. That's what I'm well, trying see, to do. I'll take that even one step further. Let's say... Let's say I meet a woman, we start dating, and right away she moves in, and she wasn't hiding in or anything, but she has, say, a six-month-old baby maybe she has no idea who the father is but she went to a bar got drunk got knocked up kids here oops she got she had promiscuous sex a few times in the last few weeks who knows but for some reason 
I want to make this woman my living girlfriend, maybe common-law wife or whatever you want to call it. So I bring this woman into my house. I bring her kid into my house. I start treating her like my wife. I start treating her kid like my kid. And all of a sudden, nine years goes by, and this kid's almost 10 years old. And I just had it with this woman. She had it with me, and she's going to leave. I know for a fact it's not my kid, but I treated her like my wife. I treated this kid like my kid. In my eyes, this whole time, this was as close as it comes to being my kid. I I believe I have a duty and an obligation to help support that kid as if it were my own because I treated it as it was my own. So you are known by your actions. Right. So if you're going to play daddy for nine and a half years, then you play daddy when it's time to pack up and leave or kick the wife out or whatever. If it were me and I was treating this kid like my kid for nine years, 10 years, I would be hopefully able to make a deal with this woman where we're going to put it on paper just in case because things could get nasty down the road. Who knows? Let's just make a short, simple agreement on paper. It's going to be 50-50. Doesn't have to necessarily be hardcore structured timelines, but make it pretty clear a general plan, both of us promise to stick to it and just be polite and honorable, no playing stupid tricks, custody, fight, head games, bullshit. Hopefully I would be able to just get along with this woman. If she makes more money than me, maybe I don't have to pay child support. If I make a lot more than her, obviously I would be obligated to pay whatever our agreement is. But I would be wanting to be just as much a part of that kid's life as her. Technically, I would still know it's not my kid. I'm not going to bitch if it's 60-40 or whatever. Don't have to be a stickler. Just try and get along. And I don't know, just it all gets down to being polite, respectful, and honorable. And just trying to deal with your fellow man in private, whether it be your ex-girlfriend, ex-wife, ex-anything, doesn't matter who you hate the most, just be polite, respectful, and honorable, and just say what you got to say, get done what you got to get done, whatever, but you don't have to always get the last dig in. You can always be a bigger man and just be fair, honest, and polite, and it kills the other side. If you... If you're if you're an angry wife or an angry husband or ex-wife or ex-husband, if the other side is so super sweet and polite, it's probably going to piss you off because you know they're just doing it to piss you off and it just pisses you off even more. It's kind of funny. Just right. stun them. Be so polite and honorable. Just stun the living crap out of them and they'll have no idea how to handle that. Yeah. No, I agree. And and that's like so it's so much common sense what you're saying. And what Carl says too, like it's 
it's common sense, common it's it's common respect kind of thing, right? Like it's, when you when you when you look at a situation, you'd say, well, like yeah, two normal people would act that way. But then when you look at other situations, you're like, well, these people are normal because they're not they don't seem to be acting appropriate, right? So that's that's kind of common law, just respect, right? Yeah, but it's funny though because right across the board, I would say it's safe to say that everybody's opinion on the proper way to handle a situation is probably generally for the most part, probably completely askewed. Like we, I don't know, like I would say a huge majority of the people, you could give an example of just about any kind of scenario and have the vast majority of people say the, the proper thing to do is phone the police. Oh, I know. Yeah, there's some. Yeah, Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 kind of hard. Like I don't know, just society in general to to decide what everybody thinks is appropriate or proper. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't. I don't trust the average guy to think normal. Whatever normal. I don't. I guess normal would be like everybody else thought so doesn't make sense but see I no, had no. a debate I I had a debate tonight at supper time we had uh, two or three uh, uh, people at at supper and we were uh, trying to have a strategic thinking of of what happened uh politically in Alberta because it went from PC which is right to NDP which is kind of left like more like bigger government and stuff like that and and one one theory was that with the school system the school system, the way it's set up, it's always set up to get the kids thinking of government's good and, and more government's better. And it seems to be uh, school systems are set up to be more socialistic or more social, you know, uh, training kind of thing. And we were kind of saying maybe after generational, uh, the indoctrination happening in school then can manipulate what happens in the future in, in politics and how to, how to, how government can get control of that way by, you know, schooling and then 25 years later, uh, you know, what you teach the kids happens 25 years later type of thing, right? Yeah, I think, um, I think historically everything crazy they've brought in, it's been set up years in advance and takes years to slowly creep in. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say lately it seems that the centralized governments are just they're doing too much too fast they're too bold and too brazen now I think they know how much fluoride's in the water and how stupid and lazy people are and it's like the old uh, boil a frog slow so he doesn't know I think mm-hmm. they're just taking the heat up way too fast and people are like, holy crap, what is going on now? I think it's just they they did too much too soon and and it just woke people up. Yeah. Yeah, because I was at a I was at a wedding in France about four or five years ago and uh, at at the at the wedding party we had a table and we we had a little political discussion. This was like uh, four or five years ago when the euro had just come in and and they didn't have all their problems. But they were saying, oh, it was good that the European Union was joining 
because a lot of uh, the European unions used NATO as their their force and whatever. But now there were instead of having France have an army and and Germany have an army and whatever, they were they were going to have a European army and then they was going to have a parliament and a European parliament and so having instead of having 17 independent armies and 17 independent governments which they still have they'll have like this this bigger government and and one army and this and that and i looked at them and i said well like 40 years ago that's exactly what hitler wanted and you know everybody went to to war against hitler but he wanted to unify you know and bring in uh you know one big army one big whatever and i said like this this so this european union you're not i i can't see the benefit of it you know it's just going to take away sovereignty eh? so but i think there is a a slow creeping in, even though if it takes 40 years to bring in, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Well, 40 years in the big scheme, 40 years isn't really that much. Like, if you look at a timeline in history, all the crazy shit that governments have pulled, it, yeah. I don't know. They've been moving this stuff in for a few hundred years by now, at least. Right, right. Yeah. And then, and then if, if if there is a setback, they can do a strategic planning and say, okay, well, we want to be there in 40 years, so let's get these things done the next five years and get this done the next 10 years and kind of thing. So you kind of set it up. You you kind of set up the play or set up the the act or whatever you want to call it. So so all the, your your puppeteers are will, will will kind of play it out, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Because I haven't watched TV in uh, since 2000 or 1999 or, or 2001. I basically quit watching TV, and uh, and now it's funny. Like, uh, you know, I'll hear I'll hear the story. Uh, you know, I'm in a group of people, and somebody will say something, and I'm I look at them like, where did you hear that? Oh, I was on whatever TV or whatever, and they, oh, okay, okay. So then I have to take whatever they say with a grain of salt because they heard it. On Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.